Here he is, it's Mr. Damien Talks Money. I actually care about my audience and I know that sounds like a stupid thing to say and I'm not going to sit there and promote things that I wouldn't use. Yeah. I've got this thing in my hands that could potentially set me up for life and that would have impacts for my son and yeah. like, and I feel like I've got like the golden ticket in my hands and it might just fall through my hands still. Tell us about the trip to number 10 and like how, what, how did it come about? What was it about? And was like that must have been mind blowing to be down there. We go in, we're in there for an hour and it's that like quick turnaround and they present like their, what they're trying to do to prevent fraud. So 5 million cases of fraud reported last year, whereas most people don't report it because of the shame yeah. and only 5,000 of those resulted in a conviction. They need to do something about it, but it's 41% of crime. Yeah. Like it's like you can't solve that with 400 staff. It does money buy you happiness. The average person who is 30 will need to be a millionaire in retirement to have any decent quality of life. Shh, because yeah, the have yeah, Adam Antgar Foskin. No, so, I, so oh, we're in good company, mate. Yeah, yeah, put it there, man. <laughs> if any of his audience actually come across to watch this, you might watch that. I'm Adam. And I'm Josh. Welcome back to the Breaking Bread podcast. It's exciting. We finally got a guest to agree to come on the show. And uh, here he is. It's Mr. Damien Talks Money. Uh, that's not his, you know, his name's Damien, but his surname's not Talks Money. Um, I stole his gag. He said that before we started. <laughs> and uh, yeah, think of him, if you don't know who he is, uh, then think of him as like uh, like a younger, hipper, less Tory version of uh, Martin Lewis and uh, wearing less foundation, you know, to because we don't have TV lights, so you, it's nice and soft. I don't know if that was any good for him. How's it going, man? I'm great, mate. Uh, <laughs> I like to give everyone a fist bump or a handshake. Yeah, that was very official. Damien being a very uh, uh, like a finance guy, I thought you'd appreciate the, the actual real handshake. He's a finance YouTuber and a podcaster. How exciting is that? Is Martin Lewis a Torah? Do we need to like cut that part out? Not there's anything <laughs> wrong with that. Just get, get Google fired. <laughs> Quickly Google it, we'll otherwise fi- people be like, well, he's not a Tory. Well, I don't, I don't know, but <laughs> Maybe I'm probably less Tory than him, so I think you're safe. I could, I could, I could suss that. I thought it was yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, Martin Lewis. You know Martin Lewis. Just, pop, pop, my, just type in, is Martin Lewis a Tory? And if he is, we'll just do this whole in, <laughs> intro again. If we'll, not, we'll, keep on listening. we'll just edit around it. I'll, I'll, do you want me to do it again? Just keep this. <laughs> we'll Trump smash him as that. That's what it's, it's always like that. You can flash uh, up the picture of me and Rishi and be like, no, he's yeah, Tory confirmed. Yeah, he's number 10 Downing Street this week. <laughs> Lib Dem. He's Lib Dem. That's basically, it's, that's Tory light, isn't it? Um, <laughs> nobody watches, listen, I don't care. Listen, we listen. Really I try and political. not be political on my channel. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. why I do it here. That's why podcasts are fucked. Before we start, uh, can you give us your first impressions on uh, meeting Adam? Meeting Beard Meets Food. What do you think of his stature? The, the way that he carries himself? Is he bigger, smaller? Are you trying to, are you trying to make me say that he's small? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm yeah, looking at him now going, it's weird, he's took his, we just recorded a podcast, but he's taking his jumper off. And every time he takes his top off, I look at he's him. He's got guns. Yeah, but his body doesn't seem to fit his head. Like, is your head getting bigger? You like one of them bubble heads, you know, like the you know. little football guys from 90s. Yeah. That's what he looks like. Like a Des Walker, a Des Walker <laughs> bobblehead. Um, yeah, no, I, no, it's just because I'm wearing a ludicrously small T-shirt. That's all it is. It's nice to have you on the podcast anyways, mate. How was the, how was the drive over here? It was great. Yeah, Southport to, to Morley. Are we in? Morley. Can I say that? Yeah, you, you can, can have like thousands yeah. of people it's not outside like, now. It's not like Casey Knight's at a studio. There's not people queuing up outside. No. No, I think we'll be all right. Well, I'll give you a little... Um, you, you've listened to the podcast a couple of times. Yes. So those that are listening, right, we're going to forewarn you that we're not, it's not a traditional interview that we do. We just sort of like incorporate the guests into the podcast because people will get angry with us. Because when we've had guests on in the past, we've... 
we've talked over him and we've just tried to like get him involved but then people get really pissed off that it's not like a formal interview that's not a so diary of a ceo yeah, yeah so hopefully you could enjoy what chaos this is yeah, yeah. and if not we'll just delete it and pretend it never happened <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll pay you pay your expenses and send you, send you back away but how do we start every podcast george with a youtube comment it's time for a youtube comment from you now now we're going to start off with uh, not actually a YouTube comment. It turns out Spotify have got like a community section on their po- on their platform where the people can submit questions and comments. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, which I'm true. Yeah, yeah. So I found oh, one God. and I'm like, this is it's perfect. George, read it. <sighs> set, the tone, so, set the tone. Set the tone. Set the tone. What's the rest of the side? <laughs> <You'll> <laughs> you'll see, see, that's see. how it starts. Oh, right, okay. That's see. the start of the comment. <laughs> <laughs> From LG Woodwork Lee Green. Nice to see you stretching the podcast out to almost as long as your mate's foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name slash page of the finance dude? Damien talks money. There he is. Oh, is that why that comment was That's chosen? That's the segue. That, that, foreskin to me. <laughs> in one sentence. The re- the, yeah, the reason he said that is because on, on the last episode, Josh was, or one of the episodes, Josh was telling us about one of his Navy mates who has an exceptionally long foreskin, which you can tie up like, a you know, the end of a balloon. Which is a redeeming quality. <laughs> yeah, which is one of his pro qualities. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Just so we all get to know each other a bit more. Yeah. Adam ain't got a foreskin. No. Neither have so, I. So, oh, we're a good company, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it there, man. <laughs> I'm yeah, not an man. <laughs> If any of his audience actually come across to watch this, you'd be like, what is going on? What is going on? Uh, any more comments? Uh, My mum's yeah. going to watch this. Oh, oh, hopefully she should She doesn't know. Oh, she doesn't know. No, she doesn't Sorry, Mrs. Does. Talks, money. It was her decision, so. <laughs> so we've got another comment from Roger Fleury. Who uh, he comments regularly saying how unfunny the podcast is. He's my favourite flurry right <laughs> after Muck. <laughs> so he's put, Good morning, Adam and Josh. Josh, it's Roger in South Dakota, not Richard. A great example of your podcast and your commitment to accuracy of your comments. So thanks for the comment, Robert. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll move on to the next one. Those people make me laugh like they hate it, but they keep coming back anyway. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. Any more? Yeah, we've got Sorry, some more. Richard. <laughs> so we've got. Uh, Andre Rodriguez, I don't understand why Adam gives Josh so much grief about the dick references. If you scroll back to early Beard Meets Food videos, there are more dick references than ever happened on this podcast. <laughs> is that true, is it? Could be, could be, yeah. It's a bit risque to begin with. Fully <laughs> family friendly. Yeah, I don't know if I did that many, but I, I could be wrong. It's, you lose objectivity after nine, eight, nine years. Well, in the spirit of uh, of the YouTube comment section and you being a big time YouTuber, you've got the silver plaque. 108,000 subscribers, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we asked you to bring a comment to us. Yeah. So we've, we've passed that on to George. George, can you please uh, read one of the comments from uh, Damien's channel? Okay, so this is from Too Cool. Wow, if only your eyes were half an inch closer together. If only. <laughs> there's, some, there's a backstory here as well that he doesn't know about that, you know, when a comment just cuts really deep oh, no. So, so no, my, I, don't, I never get that but okay no, my son he's 10 he says I look like Sid the Sloth <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to laugh because I can see it but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the bad thing is he looks to double on me so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. jokes on him but yeah yeah <laughs> brutal that, I just sat there staring at that comment for a good half an hour oh. thinking oh, he's nailed me to a wall there isn't he? that's brutal <laughs> as the kids say what's it like to be out of your studio then and actually like out in the real wide world because from what i've gathered from most of your script writing on your channel you spend most of your time in that room in your house i guess writing recording and uploading 
and going insane. Like, yeah, yeah. Is that, is that yeah, pretty much the massively, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I upload it in the kitchen and I just like stand there like having a crisis. Why in the kitchen? Is that to be like close to your wireless router or something? <laughs> well, do you know, my, my internet's so bad that I, I tether off my phone to upload my videos and I have to drive, <laughs> drive like half an hour to the nearest 5G thing. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. So I'm on copper wire. <laughs> my God. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. But yeah, no, I don't, I don't see the light of day. I mean, I have recently. I've been going about with um, with the channel. Yeah, yeah. But I, saw, I saw the the the, the, the if I may say so, Casey Neistat esque trip to uh, uh, Downing Street, right? With, yeah, uh, yeah. Filming the, on the train. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I saw, saw that. So yeah, at least you get some sunlight. Otherwise, yeah. you look you, you look a little bit more tanned than me. That's uh, just one day in the garden yesterday. <laughs> just burnt. So yeah, but no. I'd, I mean, it's the nature of of what I do is lots of reading academic papers, scripting, trying to find humor in it. I don't, I don't leave the house. Wow. I mean, to be like credit to you, because you do actually put humor in what could be seen as a dry topic. And what I must say is that the channel has um, bags of integrity, you know, like, and that's, you know, one of the, one of the main things with, which we've seen in, in, since lockdown, everyone were like, right, we've got, we sat at home doing fuck all. Let's try and make a bunch of money. Everyone buys into like crypto and, and pump and dump schemes. And then everybody, every man and the dog were like pumping all these different platforms. You've held up integrity throughout the, the, career of your channel to, to point and uh you seem to seems to be paying off it's important for me to have that integrity because it, it would have been easy in 2020 to pump stuff because everyone was getting views there was a lot of channels that were making really bad content that were just like look at this shiny thing and they were getting ridiculous views and at that point saying an index fund returns on average nine percent a year people are like well i can get nine percent in a day on yeah come rocket right <laughs> <laughs> That's your favourite, wasn't it? Yeah, I know you love yeah. Come Rocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my mates actually met the uh, the founder of Come Rocket. Did you buy T? Yeah, yeah, T, yeah, yeah, yeah. T, 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 met, T met the uh, the CEO that's of Come Rocket. That's his uh, his uh, co-host on his podcast. Yeah, all right. Okay. He's, he's got a very husky voice. Yeah, well, that was because he'd only just landed from Bali, where he met oh, the really? CEO. Of Come Rocket. <laughs> right, okay. So it's all, it's all linked. But uh, you know. I th the thing is like, I actually care about my audience and I know that sounds like a stupid thing to say and I'm not going to sit there and promote things that I wouldn't use yeah. when I could. I don't, I have a rule of I don't promote brokers even though I use them because I could earn a lot of money. They'll pay me 10 times what, you know, Huel will say, yeah. but, but I just don't think it's right. And I think long-term within my space, credibility is everything. Martin Lewis, I mean, look at that guy. Like he's Mr. Credible, isn't he? In clip, that sense. Clip that, George. Yeah, I, I feel bad for saying bad shit about Martin Lewis at the beginning. I, I didn't really mean it, Martin. <laughs> I'd love to get you on actually one day, maybe. But. <laughs> like, fuck, he's going to go on. <laughs> I was the only choice for comedic effect, right? Um, yeah, cl but clip that bit, George. That was nice, Martin. Integrity. Well, no, like, that's, again, that's something that you two have. I, I knew you'd get on, or at least. You so. the Mr. Miyagi thing. Oh, yeah. It's the Shaka sign. Oh no, it's a croc crocodile Dundee, isn't it? He does that. Make Dundee. He does that. Oh, oh, what a traps, man. Anyway, what are you saying? But yeah, I, did, I, like, I knew you'd both have that in common, at least with the integrity of the uh, old YouTube space, not selling out too early. But like, how, I mean, and also that you were both bankers, right? Or worked in the banking sector. Finance. Like, so like, uh, it rhymes with banking. <laughs> like, like, tell us a little bit like how it all started and how you end up getting onto the old YouTube yeah, I mean, I've, I've been a career finance professional, if that means anything. I always worked on the sales side, which I don't think people realize that within finance, the sales teams, that, that, that's essentially what, what I would do. So I would always work at the client facing side of the finance arm, which essentially meant that my skill set was taking a complicated finance product and selling it to people, which is kind of what I, I don't sell products, but what I do is I take finance yeah. that people might not find very approachable and break it down in a way that, that is. So that's kind of where my skill set is. 
at the same time I've grown up on YouTube, probably like most people, you know, I was there for my whole life and I saw that the American guys were doing it. Um, and I thought that the UK market was pretty underserved and that the UK deserved like a UK focused content rather than just watching them talk about Roth IRAs all the time, Yeah, which is like their version of an ISA. Um, so I just went for it and serendipity or whatever meant that at, at that point, nice. <laughs> we love a good word that Josh doesn't understand. Uh, so like, bit of luck. Yeah, yeah being, a, being a lucky bastard meant that <laughs> at that point in 2020, um, that's when like GameStop happened and lockdown. And I yeah. think, you know, I, I just was in the right place at the right time. And, and that just meant that the channel took off at that point. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't duck out then when the bear market happened, which a lot of my competitors did. I just kept going. So bear right. market the opposite of a bull market of course yeah when when everything was going down yeah all the people that were like everything's going to the moon they didn't look like idiots whereas i was like this can all go down you know well yeah i mean like you look at the some of the big channels that have backed some of the like the ftx scheme and yeah. for those that are, i'm assuming that people will have seen that sam bankman freed guy who, yeah. who, who ran ftx yeah um he and Alameda Research, which was the hedge fund alongside it. Which yeah, they paid a bunch of like big youth, Andre Jake, Stephen, Stephen Graham. Everyone. Yeah, everyone got paid to be sponsored by this FTX. I didn't get then, paid. Hmm. You didn't check your emails. You were, <laughs> it was getting DMs anyway. from sidemen and fucking ignoring them. <laughs> <laughs> Can we fucking overlay that? Because that's what we could talk about, by the way. I think we talked about it already, didn't we? I don't know who we didn't are. I, didn't I, I think you were away when it happened. Oh, right. Well, so one of the, one of the, Maybe not when that Damien sued. One of the main sidemen DM'd Adam. Hey, I'm one of the sidemen. Main sidemen? Yeah, well, yeah, like, there's got to be, like, 18 there hierarchy? 18, there's got to be, haven't there? It's like, KSI. I know, I, know I, I know KSI's top of the... I don't know where fucking Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, fucking group is <laughs> sleepy. I don't know where the fuck they all sit. But, uh, yeah, I, well, I didn't want to do... It's not a crime, is it, to not want to do a video? No, nah, mate, fair play to you. You'd rather be in Molly talking to us idiots. Yeah. Natural. Us idiots, not you. You're, you're not an idiot. Anyway, what were we talking about? Uh, these um, big, big creators taking on all this... It's like, how much money will these boys have been paid? So you're talking, chat like, that Andre Jake. Yeah. He, he were doing... Hundreds of thousands a month, mate maybe millions. I mean, if you look at the fact that like the gambling websites pay, you know, you get stake gambling and they were paying Aidan Ross, the streamer, two million a month, you know, um, to, is, to but... gamble on his stream. Right. Well, were you thinking what, what Sam Bankman Free was doing was operating a Ponzi scheme where he needed money to come in. So he would, he would pay any amount of money to get more money in. But yeah, I mean, you had like D-list finance creators getting 50, 60K a month. So these guys were probably oh. getting like a million a month, maybe. I mean, I, I can't speculate and they might, they might have a go about me saying that, but at the same Bring time, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, they, appro they approached everyone, they approached me and they were offering me what I would consider 10 times my market rate. You know, so if I, if I say charge X for a sponsor, they were sticking a zero on that. So they were doing the same for those guys to the point where they, 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 they ignored the obvious warning of if something's too good to be true. And they, they took the money. So, you know, they say like, we, we couldn't have known. I think that alone makes it kind of like a red alert. If someone's coming in going, yeah, we'll pay you 10 times. Yeah, you yeah. can mention it whenever you want. You don't have to ever send it for approval. It can just be like a five second mention and we'll give you a million quid. Then that's a bit of an, a, red, a red flag. Bit of a flag that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah but surely you, when that came in, you, you, you're not going up to your, your missus. Baby, we're rich. Yeah. It's, it's red, red panty night. Red panty night. Yeah. <laughs> Did party not think? Well, maybe this, this could this could be it. I could be retiring off these bad boys. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I get a lot. I got offers to promote shit like Come Rocket for the same <laughs> for, for a lot of money. But the, I, the thing is, like, 
there's money and, and there's that money and that would have changed my life. But yeah. then at the same time, I know that everyone would have just hated me and I'm a, I'm a delicate flower like that. Do you know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> I, I, I care more about my, my reputation and legacy online than I yeah. do necessarily about like, otherwise I'd just sell out now. I could do yeah. that. You know, I could, I could have one big year where I just run it into the ground and make a million quid. That doesn't appeal to me because I've got to look people in the eye, you yeah. know? And like that. that's, that's, you got a good guest here. That's heartwarming yeah. that, right? Yeah, of course it is, because that's, I think that's, that's a big deal, in, in a, especially on YouTube, right? Which Damien will know, it's not a, a platform where integrity is uh, ubiquitous, let's say. No. It's, not, it's, not, it's not something you associate necessarily with, because, uh, you know, there are, there are ads everywhere, and people saying, I'm using Manscaped's latest ball shaver. Sorry if they sent you another request for an ad raid, but I'm going to piss you off again. <laughs> but yeah, oh, it's the greatest ball shaver ever, you know, like... I get that, man. It's nice because long term, like you say, to your audience, integrity matters more, more right, than an amount of money that you paid then and there. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying that, like, you know, we're not hippies. I'm not saying you can't earn money, but like in the long term, that integrity will not only will people like you for it, they'll pay off economic as well because people are going to come back and watch what you you're doing because they think you're being honest with them, right? Yeah, I, mean, I remember watching your videos in in sort of the lockdown time, post lockdown. Same for that Andre Jick. I really liked his um, content. He was the reason I started. Because, was he really? Yeah, yeah. because I saw him ent entertainment value within it yeah. like a bit more. And I thought, well, if they're doing that in America, I can do that over here. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll be like the Andre Jick to the UK. And then yeah. I just seen his complete downfall in terms of, you just shield a load of shit into yeah, the ground. Yeah, it's dire, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like, I, I, like I used to really enjoy watching, he's a, a guy out of Las Vegas and he used to be a magician. Magician, yeah. Like Vegas, it's cool. And um, when he, he'd had that little bit of an element of magic and the script writing was really clever and he changed sets and it was really well produced. Um, and it were an entertaining, nice consumable piece of content. But now I can't watch his Was he just do like loads of sponsored stuff now? No, he, he sold out on this FTX stuff. Yeah. Oh, so, right, he was part And then he had to do like the, I'm sorry, I didn't oh, know. You know, right. and you're there's, like, there's, oh, there's two angles to it, right? You either sold out and you knew, yeah. or you didn't know, which is just as bad because you're claiming to be an expert in these things. True, so yeah. like, there's no way to defend it in my eyes. Yeah. You know, you people are coming to you going, oh, you'll tell me what is a good platform. They might not tell you the investment, but if they're saying this is a good platform, yeah. that's your job to, to say that, right? So that's why I don't, so I, I'll do my, my best ISA video, which is where I say, these are the platforms I like for these reasons, but none of them are paid. Yeah. But as soon as you accept money for that, in my eyes, you're just compromised in that sense. And then when it all collapses, you can't just step away from the debris and go, oh, I didn't know. Like, where's the money? Yeah, it's a bit different to like, um I guess like the creator space that, you know, we've like make it teach people how to make videos. You can say, Oh yeah, I like this filter for, yeah. for my camera lens. It don't really fucking it don't exactly matter, does it, if if it all goes wrong. You're, you're right. There's a there's an there's a lack of credibility within YouTube. But then I think within the finance space there's an even heightened need for credibility. It's yeah. it's not like you know, Rage Shadow Legends or whatever. Like, people, have you watched that podcast? <laughs> Do you know how much he said now from Rage Shadow Legends? It was like 30 grand for a minute. Or yeah. Fuck yeah. those guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, my content has real world consequences because even if I sit there and say, this is not advice, I can't ignore the fact that people are going to, yeah. They're going to take on board what I say. That's why they're watching it. And, and and any creator in the finance space that says, oh, it doesn't really matter, they're naive. And I think that's wrong. Well, when you look at the channels then, I guess the the 
the beard meets food equivalents in the finance space, which would have been the Andre Jake, Stefan Graham, all these people. It's <laughs> Fuck true. You. It fucking is. Um, Graham well, Stefan. Graham. What do I keep calling Stefan? Stefan Graham. Everybody's gonna be like that guy. You're fucking close. Sorry. That Sorry. guy in the comments yeah. like, shows how well researched you are. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah like. What, how did you feel like with the imposter syndrome side of, of that world? Because it's a pretty deep topic that you work in. Mm. And then you've got these high flyers that are obviously... Uh, it's like, it's almost crippling for me, the imposter syndrome bit. Like this is a part of the creative process that I don't think people see. But like my biggest fear is just being wrong. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can take people to say my eyes are too far apart. It's true. <laughs> uh, but, but, but like finance is this weird thing where it's like an, it's a science and it's an art. Yeah. Yeah. So like there's, there's, there's definite ways to do certain things. And then there's a myriad of ways where people disagree and there's always a smarter guy in the room. Right. So I can like post content in, in my style and there'll be someone who comes along who's like PhD economics who'd be like, well, this is wrong because in the seventies, blah, blah, blah. The, what I've had to tell myself is, well, it's not actually about being the smartest guy in the room. It's about communicating a message that benefits a lot of people. And I'm good at that. Like you're not right. Yeah, Otherwise yeah. you'd be doing it because there's so many experts out there. And what I think is experts forget what beginners don't know. If we liken it to this table, you get like some guy coming who's a master at making tables. You go show me how to make the table. You'd be like, well, you just cut the wood and you'd be like, whoa, <laughs> what wood do I use? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like the very beginning steps experts forget. So I have to kind of get that into my head, but there's loads of smart people around me, like in my niche, my competitors that are like more technically gifted than I am in terms of finance. My skill is relatability and making it entertaining so that people actually watch it, I guess. You see the parallels here. Like yeah. I'm a dog shit eater. I'm like one of the worst eaters like on the fucking circuit, but like I'm entertaining at least, or at yeah. least people think I'm, it's kind of similar, right? No, and, and I think you you can't be the judge of if you're good at making content or not the views are right and, and and that's something i have to kind of get through my head being at number 10 was like a bit of a mirror to my imposter syndrome where it was like damien like yeah yeah the pm's watched your content and he's want he wanted you here i mean does that mean i'm more tory than martin lewis i think am <laughs> <laughs> i tall and richie sunak i've uh, got to be that dude's a man look, look how small yeah he is. so i got some interesting stories about there if you want to assassinate him um <laughs> So not literally, no, no. the character kind. I've got my pitch outside number 10. I don't care what they think about me anymore. So he, he's, he is short. Like, and do you notice his trousers are, are always like short? If you, okay. No, next time you see Rishi Sunak full body, which is rare, his trousers are, are short. So they like come in at his ankles, but, he, but each suit he wears is like three, 4,000 pounds. So you've got to question why are they making his trousers so short? It's to make him look taller. And also ah. because it's a tailor's trick to make your legs look longer. Also as well, <laughs> we all had to sit down. So when it's like some Tom Cruise shit, right? Yeah. Like huh? the, the cameramen are all shooting from the ground <laughs> and, and we all had to sit down in the room. Cause he looked at me, I'm like six, three. And they're like, no, no, you got to sit get on a knee, mate. <laughs> yeah. So I think he's, there's nothing wrong with being short, but there's a lot about wrong with pretending you're yeah, not. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the point. Like, yeah, he clearly tries to give off. Cause I thought he'd be taller than he was. That's got to be like the power moves for like uh, for global the global shifts, and it like he's got to look. I guess he might have to look more powerful, imagine though, in stature that he and like take away like how good or bad he is at the job, and just hit the headlines of he's worth like hundreds of millions, and he leads a country at forty two, and like the biggest worry is 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 length for trousers. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he's he's done all right from a perspective of success. He could probably be like it doesn't matter that. Yeah, I'm and small. his missus is a billionaire, right? Yeah, she? Yeah, 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 yeah. But she doesn't live in the UK, so no. <laughs> uh, so what were, what was that? 
like tell tell us about the trip to number ten then. Like, how, what how did it come about? What was it about? And was like that must have been mind blowing to be down there. Yeah. So I was sat in my studio on a Thursday night, and I just got an email that was like confidential, Damien Jordan, and I was that's a good way to um, get someone to read an email. Just put confidential in the title. I opened it and it was like, do you want to come to number 10 to talk about fraud prevention? And I just see my back going, well, this is clearly a scam, isn't it? <laughs> you, talk, you email me about fraud prevention. You email me on Thursday. It was like, I can assure you it's not a scam, blah, blah, blah. We're inviting some creators down. Their, their whole thing is they want to get outside of traditional media because they understand the conversations happening online. I've got like a, a few million views on content about the, the mistakes that I think that they've made, you know, and they can't control that, can they? They have, they have no way of influencing that. So they invited us down. We went down on the Tuesday. We got there. They actually had the wrong name down for me on the door. They, they had another Damien in finance called Damien Farhey. So I think I backdoored it in. <laughs> I think they meant to invite me. <laughs> You've done that a few times, haven't you? Yeah. Daniel was telling me at the Christmas party. I'm sorry. <laughs> I backdoored it. Backdoored <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... And then we go in, we're in there for an hour and it's like quick turnaround and they present like their, what they're trying to do to prevent fraud. Because if you spend any time online, fraud is like everywhere. And it's, it's almost like you're desensitized to it. Yeah. But when you actually think about the fact that you're probably targeted 20, 30 times a day through like comments, emails, texts, that's that's pretty crazy. I mean, the bots under your boys' videos will be mad. Like, you know, like <laughs> yeah, a replica of- Come talk to me on Telegram. Like yeah. with a winky face, like, fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> and they work. Um, yeah, that's a scary thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but but what you actually look at when you look at the UK versus other countries is because we don't do anything about it. So the scammers are global, and what they do is they look for the easiest markets to target. The Americans have had loads of success in stopping it by basically chasing them around the globe and locking them up for decades. So the scammers go, we're not going to target America because at this point, the Germans are the same. By us not having an aggressive stance towards these scammers, we essentially just are like a car with the key and the ignition, right? So we need to have, we need to do something. Otherwise it just keeps getting worse. What was the stat that you put on your video? Like how, uh, how much money is invested in it versus what it's worth? It well, like, like a percent of- Oh yeah. So 41% of all crime in the UK is fraud. And most of that is digital, 41%. Yeah. So yeah. like when they're talking about stabbings and, and terrorism, that, it's like a drop in the ocean, but, but 1% of the police's budget is spent tackling it. Saw that one, yeah. It was, it was a good That's, video. Yeah. yeah 5,000. So 5 million cases of fraud reported last year, whereas most people don't report it because of the shame. Yeah. And only 5,000 of those resulted in a conviction. So because of the shame? You, most people won't admit that they've been scammed because they feel like they're idiots, essentially. I, I once got like, so about two years, three years ago, we, we uh, I went to do like the Christmas payroll for everybody that worked here and my bank account was zero. And then it was, at that point I'm like, mm, where's all the money going? <laughs> uh, and then I realized that my phone stopped working. Oh. So what had happened was, I, I must've clicked on a fucking dodgy link watching a Beard Meets Food video. And <laughs> the somebody had took my phone number and put it onto another phone and then that was my access code to like paypal and the bank they then figured out must have figured out what my bank account details were and wiped the bank account so i lost all like all the money out of the business current account just got done you got it back though yeah so the, yeah but i have to report the fraud and then get the money back but the the length of that like i'm like all right fair take all the money out of the bank account that's like one it's tough but you've got through one level but to get to the point where you've had to get the pat code to transfer my phone number onto another phone so that you could then use that as an access key to get onto my bank. Mm. I was like, that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Bastards. The, the craziest example that I've seen was one of my mates. And you know, um, 
when you have a Christmas party and it's like a big exhibition hall and you hire like tables. So you're in there with loads of other companies. So you could have like 200 tables in the room. When everyone's pissed at the end of the night, they just leave their their jackets on the back of their seats. And the scammers will hire a table in there, knowing that, and then go around and just like take pictures of everyone's ID and cards, put them back in. And my mate, he got a call from Hertz, you know, the car company. Yeah. And they were like, are you going to bring back the three Land Rovers that you took? Oh, like, what are you on about? And they were like, yeah, you, you hired three different Land Rovers from three different locations across the country. Um, and he was like, I've not done that. And they were like, oh, okay. So they, they just took them and sent them to China and sell them. Wow. And then his, his, door, his, his sister called him and said, something really weird just happened. The postman came to the door with a package for you. It was in an apple box. And some guy jumped out the hedge and grabbed it and ran off. And basically they, they take all the, the details, they just sell them online on the black web. And then every type of scammer that does every type of hustle just rinsed him. And he, for like six months to 12 months, he was like just trying to, just trying to battle oh, all these different scams. My God. Simply because he got hold of his wallet. It's mad. That's terrifying, isn't it? Yeah. You ever been scammed, Rob? You ever, ever? One in 15 adults have in the UK. I don't think I have. I'm just thinking of the back of my head. I'm sure I had something with like, with a banking account I had back in the day, maybe, where like some, I don't know if it, you know, like the, that kind of really uh, primitive stuff where they used to like skim debit cards and yeah. then like make new versions of the card yeah. with that data. I don't think you can do that now, but I think I might have done it, but I, I had so little money that it probably, maybe somebody took 80 quid and I reported it and it was like, <laughs> it was back in the next day or something. Uh, but not, nothing major, thankfully. It's so investment far. scams now. So the problem is that people's like perception of scams fails to keep up with the time. So most people think of scams as like what you had where yeah. the money goes missing from your bank account, but actually the most common ones now are like fake investment scams. So 40% of Premier League football clubs are sponsored by scam companies at some point, you know. So, saw that video. Saw yeah. That, yeah. So it's, 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 it's like what appear to be legitimate companies that are just actually, you give your life savings to and then they take it. So that that's a more prevalent uh, scam now than than the stuff that you're Because is about. it not like, um, it's like on, on, on Instagram, you've got to declare and YouTube, you've got to declare it's been like a, a, a paid in I suppose that's what it would be on a, on a football shirt, wouldn't it? But um, you would I'm, think the I'm level thinking of- like, is there some sort of like a vetting process to who they can be sponsored by, especially within that legal realm or that financial realm? So they'll say, owned by- they'll say it's- um, FCA regulated, which is the regulator. Yeah. But what happened when we were in Europe with Brexit was there was something called passporting rights. So they could be authorised in Europe through Cyprus, which has a, a, a patchy reputation, let's say. Right. Um, and then they would instantly be authorised here. So uh, what they got around it that way. So then the football clubs can go, well, they're, re- they're authorised by the regulator, but it's actually due to the passporting rights that we had with Europe. God. You think football teams would do more due diligence, wouldn't you, in terms of like who's actually sponsoring them? So yeah. Like, yeah. But so then they have like gambling, Wonga, all of that, you know. So yeah. and there are, there, how many, I wonder how many are actually sponsored by. Leeds United was sponsored by a, a gambling uh, thing. I don't know who they sponsored by this year. Or last, I've forgotten. But like there was a gambling, some gambling company I'd never heard of before was a main sponsor. Yeah. And, and it's because, you know, lads who like to gamble are the main demographic. That they're after, yeah, so that's yeah. why you get like crypto betting and these these scam companies. I put fifty quid on Newcastle to beat Arsenal last night. That Thankfully, was... I didn't. I'm an Arsenal fan. I don't know if you know. Oh, that, are but, you? Yeah, I'm a um, City fan. Yeah. Man City. Yeah, yeah. Get my throat out that window. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I just I thought it was like an, an anecdotal thing to say that I, I, that's the first time I've lost in ages. I've, I've won loads. Did of you do it so it was like no matter what happens, I'm happy here because yeah, that's why I do it. Yeah, there was a hell of an atmosphere at that ground, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but like, yeah, I bet against Arsenal like all the time. 
Because like then if they lose, I'm not that depressed because I just want some money. But the, you said they were on for winning the Premier Premiership. Yeah, yeah but then as we football. as we discussed in the last episode, they yeah. blew that when I was away. But yeah, yeah three the supporters like you. I'm not surprised. You fucking shit house. I think it, I think them. it's still I think it's still on like mathematically, we, but it's Man City aren't going to lose. You're just yeah. doing that Man City smug Man City thing now. Where you're like, yeah, well, well it could Man City going to win? Is that what? Uh, well, we've got some big games, so we've got like Real Madrid and stuff, and City have a tendency to kind of like in Europe. That's, un, don't worry about that. Unravel <laughs> it, uh, in big games sometimes. So I think something I could see us dropping points. Everton are fighting for their lives, so I don't like playing teams at the bottom. Mike Winnett. Mike Winnett's an Everton fan. Is it? Are they getting relegated? Oh, yeah. Are they going down with Leeds? Uh, well, yes, I think Southampton are almost certainly down. Mm. The, the rest is a bit of a toss-up, but... Um, <laughs> Let's cut this bit out. I don't know if I can This isn't going to last, the, last a, a long time, is it? If everybody watches it next year, like, oh, I remember that when Leeds went down with Everton. <laughs> 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 well, what, what was the outcome of, uh, of number 10 anyway, the visit? Like, what was the... I mean, it's, it's one of them where it's like, we're going to do loads about it, but it's such a big problem. And they're saying, oh, we're going to have 400 staff that are dedicated, blah, blah, blah. But that's still only 0.1% of the police force. I mean, I think it's one of these where it's like, it's such a problem, especially with younger people, that they're probably releasing this policy to try and make it look like they're current. And then they're involving YouTubers to make them also selves look more current. They need to do something about it, but it's 41% of crime. Ugh. Like It's like you can't solve that with 400 staff. No, and 10 YouTubers on a, yeah, Wednesday, on a Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not good, is it? No. <laughs> no. Incredibly sharp observation from me. There. <laughs> I, figured, like, Ooh, I thought you were going to say, yeah, right. So they're going to invest 20% into it at least. Well, like, let's get halfway there. If you, look at, if you look at the banking industry, the banking industry had that problem. And what they basically said to the banking industry was you have to pay people back if, if fraud happens on your watch. And they uh, sorted it out. Right. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said the same to the tech industry and they were like, no, nah, we don't want to do that. So w they say, okay, well, what we'll do instead is we'll impose fines, but are they going to dish out the fines? Are they not? Like a message of if someone gets scammed on your platform, you have to pay them back in full is a lot cleaner than yeah. we'll impose a fine of 10% of your revenue if you, if you break the rules too much. So they should really do what they did in the banking sector, but there seems to be this fear around big tech of we're too scared in case they leave the country. Sorry, right, mate. I watched your video. Clearly, Josh didn't. But yeah. that, was, that was the outcome. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe people listening to this might not watch the video. <laughs> so let's try and get as much information out as possible. This fucking guy, yeah. We need to drop him from this podcast. <laughs> right. So, like, take it back to the you start. You truly man. fucked then, though. Yeah, we are. We did it. We've done videos on his channel and everything, and still nobody comes over to watch. <laughs> I'm quite glad nobody comes over to watch. <laughs> um, so, we talked about imposter syndrome and your yeah. backstory. Obviously, you said you had a career in finance. <laughs> Wait, one second. I'm sorry. This is kind of oddly... Um, You've just been rele scammed. Relevant. No, no. I, I, Revolut. It's got a okay. message from Revolut. They, they just won't give up, man. They've messaged me loads of times. They sponsored, didn't they sponsor? They sponsored Sidemen. And they sponsored Jack Mates Happy Hours Bus, I think. Yeah. Oh, no. That, that, that might have been a uh, an insurance company. Anyway, but I just thought it was relevant because we were going to talk about finance. Sorry, go on. Yeah, no. You're, so another reason that you've got credibility and skin in the game is that you... In fact, were in, in debt when you were younger, right? So, like, yeah, is that yeah. another motivating factor for starting the channel? Yeah, well, I, I just I'm sick of people pretending to be experts and acting like they never made a mistake. And I think there's a lot more credibility in going. Actually, I I really messed up, which I did. Like financially, I've learned everything through through making lots of mistakes financially. And I just think that's a more relatable message to sit there and be honest. I don't know why people think they need to pretend that they've only ever hit home runs yeah. within finance because that's what people are like. Whereas if you look at, I mean, who was it who said it? But they basically said, if you if you write six out of 10 times in this game, you, you, you're going to be successful. Like when they're talking about investing, yeah, yeah. you know, like 
if I can make if I can make ten investing decisions and six of them are right, I'll be successful long term. I just think for me, I just wanted to be more normal, and I thought that a lot of the American guys were so polished and they're not very relatable to us Americans just because they live in a, a different country, right? Yeah, Las Vegas, Rolexes, fast yeah. cars, mansions. Magicians, like, yeah, what, yeah, what yeah. are you doing, mate? <laughs> where, did, where did that card come from? <laughs> yeah, whereas I just thought, I'm debatably Northern. Uh, yeah, <laughs> debatably I said, Northern. I like, said it's Birmingham Northern. Probably but, does. Anything north of Watford Gap, they, 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 yeah. they say it's north, don't they? Yeah, I feel like... If I say I'm northern to, if I say I'm, you know, northerners call me southern and southerners call me northern. You lived in Manchester, that that makes you, I think, uh, northern. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, all I thought was just there's room here to be authentic, genuine about my story, and um, a, a semi-northern. I like it. Yeah. What's Wait, the backstory? Like for the formula that semi-northern. That's semi- a key factor in YouTube <laughs> success. So what happened? Like what happened when you were younger? Then to get yourself into debt, and then how did you get yourself back out of it? I was like, just an idiot. So, <laughs> I mean, honesty. Yeah, I came out of I came out of university, and I was like the big I am at uni. I was like, "What did you do at uni?" Just to interject for a second. Business and finance. Obviously, why did I ask that question? Yeah. Dickhead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it would be better if I'd have said like anthropology or something <laughs> like this. Something mad, yeah, like fucking particle physics or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. I, I, and what all uni was was a three year piss up. You know, like when people ask me, "Oh, what did you do at uni?" Like that shaped how I am now. Personal finance is very different to professional finance, and just as a segue, the the finance industry is full of people who have absolutely no idea about personal finance. You know, there's lots and lots of people who work at like hedge funds who don't know how to run their own life. It's like a chef who eats ready meals or whatever. Yeah. So I just came out of university, probably a bit cocksure about my ability to, to run my own life. And I just went headfirst into the floor. Basically I got myself into loads of debt. Someone came along and was like, oh, um, if you quit your job, we'll pay you loads of money to do this thing with us. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're about to be millionaires and you can have a slice of this or whatever. And I was like, yeah, that sounds legit. So <laughs> I quit my job and sat there for 12 months wondering why I wasn't getting paid. And I just, it took me 12 months to come to terms with the fact that it wasn't a genuine... So what, racking up credit card debt? Yeah, yeah, not paying rent and not paying my council tax and things like this. So then at the end of the 12 months, I was I was in like... 20, 30K of debt. And I was like, oh my God, how am I going to get this through this? And luckily in, in Manchester, where I was based, it was a debt management company and they, their job was to help people get out of debt. So I thought I'll go work in there and can kind of learn what I need to, to get out of my own situation. But by virtue of being in loads of debt, that made me really good at selling the solutions to get out of debt. Because when people spoke to me, they were like, oh, you really get it. And it's like, yeah, because I'm up to my eyeballs. You think, <laughs> your, you think your situation's bad, mate? Fucking hell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that kind of made me good at, at, at that, you know? And then I realized that I was a good salesman at that point. Yeah. So I then went into more lucrative financial sales, which led me into investments. And then that led me into, and then I went into accountancy, which was like tax and stuff. So I've kind of got that broad knowledge of debt, um, investment and taxation, which is kind of all the skill set that I needed for what I do. That must have been like that, to be in that level of debt, 
must be so daunting for people because like we've had questions before like from people uh who listen to the podcast saying like oh i've got any advice for my wife's just lost a job or whatever because that was one that we got yeah, submitted yeah. on it and i'm going fucking i don't know i've got no idea what to say that's yeah. that one of the reasons before oh, i'll bring you on because in the current climate face of the up world, to it early like don't don't bury your head like they, they keep working in the debt solutions industry there's one thing i realize is people wait until the wolves are at the door before they do anything and then it, yeah. it's almost too late and don't be scared of the people you owe money to they're not the enemy People think, oh, I'll ignore them because they're chasing me. They're chasing you because they want their money back, yes. But every time they chase you, that costs them money. So if, you, if you're if you forthcoming and go to them and go, I'm struggling, they'll be like, okay, we'll set you up a payment plan, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. I worked at Barclay Card for a while. And at any one point, like a fifth of all people were missing payments. So the administrative cost of chasing those people was like millions and millions of pounds a year. Whereas if they just called in and said, I'm struggling. Can you help me out? They'd be like, yeah, we'll give you a payment holiday for three months, blah, blah, blah. Because then we don't have to pay a whole call center of people just to try and call people to chase them. Yeah, yeah. So the key thing is don't think that because you, you're struggling that the people you owe money to are the enemy. Just approach them and, and they have options and solutions to help you before it gets a mess. Clip that sucker, George. That's gold. <laughs> people like, that's, that's like an angle, man. That's, that's, yeah, we'll use that. It is clever because like, that's not something you'd, you'd often, you wouldn't know about that, would you? I guess, but you, you'd, only do, you'd only see the the, the the mainstream of get a credit card, use a credit card, pay the credit card off. But if you end up in like, that cycle of not quite enough to pay it back, you're going to just assume, right, I'll just ignore it for a bit. Yeah. Might I, go away. I worked for a credit card company in part-time when I was, uh, was at uni. Oh, yeah? It was fucking horrible. Yeah. Yeah, I hated it. But people there, a lot of time, they were on like payment play, you know, because they couldn't afford shit. That's, the worst part that's was like, it. they used to say to you like, oh, if somebody calls and say like about a, like a late payment, they'd be like, well, you could maybe just tell them like to cancel the Sky subscription. I'm like, look, mate, this ain't the Citizens Advice Bureau. I'm not telling somebody to cancel the Sky Sports subscription, man. You fucking sort that out. Yeah. I'm just here to tell them how much is in the account. But yeah, it was, that was terrible. I hated that. Yeah. That's when I worked there, like just in that interim bit in uni, um, in the call center in, in, um, near Middlesbrough it was because I went to do a Muni. Lovely place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was actually Stockton on Tees. I don't know. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Have you ever been Stockton on Tees? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a place. If, you're in, if you live in Stockton on Tees, get out. Yeah. Get out now. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that where Randy used to go get his palmer? Yeah. That's all that <laughs> he did get it from <laughs> Yeah, chicken palmers. Yeah. They were great there. Oh, sick. But yeah, so that, that was Stockton. But no, they, they had the call centers there because the accents are really friendly. You yeah, know. they said about regional accents, right? And call centers are always in pl- they're always in places where people have thick regional accents. Exactly, like yeah. Liverpool, Newcastle, Middlesbrough. Yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. How does this world differ from your world then? Because obviously um, those that are listening now may not know that you previously worked in the money banking financial well, I was, sector. Well, I, was fucking, I was one of those wanking bankers, as that bloke used to say on the, on the you know, on the, when he was interviewed, that famous meme interview. Yeah. No, anyway, uh, you know, I used to hate work. I used to work for a stockbroker, a retail stockbroker, which sounds like glamorous, but uh, Damien will probably know it's, it's not really. I used to mm. manage a team of people who would take uh, instructions for, from people to buy shares that they often knew nothing about. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, really the only thing I thought might, the only thing we might get into is I don't know how much, I've not seen many of, I saw your vi- video on prediction, people, you know, the art of prediction and now most people are dickheads from wrong. But um, the only people I ever saw make money on the stock exchange in specific, either you get like old, old, typically older people, right, who've had a, a, a lifetime of putting money into very secure or typically quite secure things like funds, ETFs, gilts and stuff like that. Even the old war bond, which is still around from like World War II. Um, 
So they would make it because, you know, generally the, the economy grows. That's the idea of the economy, right? So they would make money in like secure investments over time. The only other people that would really make considerable amounts of money were people that pretty much took a punt on something, you know? Mm-hmm. So like uh, anyone, like a, a company on the A market, alternative investment market, if you don't like this, maybe like a precious metals or an oil mining company, right? Who might say, oh, we found a little bit of an indication that there's some oil in this sand and somebody would basically gamble and be like, oh, that sounds good. I'll put money in that and they would find oil, you know, and then the price would go up or something like that, for example. Uh, but typically it's mostly people losing money that I would see in my yeah. case. It's like... I think like 90% of traders. So there's a difference between what I talk about investing and trading. Most people confuse the two. Investing is what you're talking about, you know, picking stable, well-diversified as in lots of different investments in, they can either be big companies that aren't going to go anywhere or what index funds, right? Which is just an investment that you can buy off the shelf that will invest in hundreds of companies at once, maybe the top 500 companies in America. And you just do that consistently long-term and that typically pays off. The problem is, what we see online is is trading, which is trying to for, predict the market short term, day to day, and ninety percent of people who do that lose. Like you know. a mate of mine, my, my oh, not mate, my sorry, my, one of my my dad when he was here, he used to play golf at this golf club, right? Which is where you typically play golf. <laughs> <laughs> Cobble Hall Golf Club in Leeds, give him a bit of a shout out, sponsorship for you there. Um, and one of his mates there um, had a job, right? And he he he. I think he just opened an account. He did a bit of day trading, made a little bit of money. And so happened to do this full time and ended up going bankrupt, lost his house, lost his family. What does bankrupt mean? What does that, what, that, that mean? You've got, you've got no money, right? You've lost more money than you actually physically. You, what you owned can't cover what, what you owe. So you're insolvent. So people can go bankrupt with millions of pounds worth of stuff. What's the, what, what happens when, cause I mean, you spoke about, um, Kerry Turner, right? Yeah. So you're going to do an interview yeah, I'm speaking with to her on Thursday and she's gone bankrupt twice. twice. Yeah. So what's like, do you get like a black mark against your name for like five years? Like the black, what's the, the black mark thing. So is the black listing as they call it exists from when bankruptcy first originated. And all that would mean is that, you know, when you go to a high street and you would go to a butcher's and a greengrocer's and all of this stuff and buy shop at a time, they would often give the food on credit. And if someone didn't pay them, they would put a blackboard in the window with like, this person hasn't paid me. So uh. the other shopkeepers could see that. So th- there's not like a black mark or a black list. That's probably complete bullshit, but I told it like five years no, ago. And, I, and, I, is, and I, I run with it. <laughs> yeah, I like it. No, but what, you, what you're actually talking about is a mark on your credit rating, which is you get these things called default notices or bankruptcy. And that lasts for six years. After the six-year period, it comes off and no one can see it anymore. Right. So there's an argument of if it's going to take you longer than six years to clear off the debt, then insolvency might actually be a good solution for you. But this is why mortgage advisors ask you, have you ever been declared bankrupt? Because they can't necessarily see it beyond the six years. So they want to know because, uh, you know, there's a likelihood that someone who's been bankrupt might still be irresponsible with money, like these kind of things. So, I, don't, I don't know why you're looking at me. I've never been bankrupt. Yeah. some hard times but never been bankrupt yeah it's it's serious and how did so like i know you haven't spoken to Kerry Turner yet but how did she end up bankrupt have you done a bit of research yet like how did she go bankrupt twice i mean i'm going to ask her but she, <laughs> it's she, not fun. she's not done the fucking yeah, interview i think the thing is like what people need to realize is more money doesn't doesn't fix your problems so when i worked in debt solutions i used to speak to footballers that were earning like 30 40 grand a week and they would they would they were they would have to go bankrupt because they were spending 60, 70 because they come from a background when no one had taught them about money. So they, and then they, they're looking after like 20 people, you know, all the boys, all the family, Uh everyone. So 
most people who end up bankrupt that are, are wealthy. I mean, if you if you win the lottery, you're like seven times more likely to be bankrupt than someone who hasn't. You so, always hear about shit like that, don't you? Mm, lottery winners going bankrupt. Yeah. yeah. It's because they, they, they look after too many people. They don't, they, they just think the money will last forever. Like there's no financial plan in there. So it's actually, I think it's, it's quite easy if you get a big injection of cash and then your understanding of that is I will always be okay financially. Like then you just run for all the money. Yeah, don't do that. Like, save it all. That's why you keep calling me a tight ass. <laughs> Bank it all, man. But how are you saving it? We'll get onto that. Don't worry. But, uh, <laughs> in, in case my sister, I know she does occasionally listen to the podcast. See, see. So when you're asking me for a personal loan or to buy you some, I don't know, a dress from Saks Fifth Avenue or something, that's why I'm saying no, punk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. So what, what, like, um, are people scared? So obviously rather than just putting it in your bank account, I know that I've heard you say it before, like people are scared to invest. Cause I know like when I first, the reason I started watching your channel, watching that Andre Jicks channel, watching all these people was like, no one taught, no one teaches this at school. So no. like, I'm working now, you know, I can pay my mortgage. I'm paying my mortgage every month uh, and I've got a little bit left over. Do I just save it? How much do I save in my savings? And then what, whatever's left over, do I just let it pile up? Or do I then stick it somewhere? But it's such a daunting, like widespread option. Yeah, like bonds. Yeah. Uh, stocks. Yeah. Ices. Yeah. Lices. Yeah. Property. Ices for your junior ices. Yeah. 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 You've got a kid. I've got a kid. I'm like, why the fuck do we start with all this? You know. Well, so first of all, separate the accounts versus the investments, right? So ices, pensions, junior ISA, all that is is an account, like a bank account. Like you put stuff inside of it. The, the, the shit analogy I use is that they're like a shoe. They protect your foot. <laughs> yeah, that is a shit analogy. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me, That's the worst one yet. No. They're, they're like a shoe. They protect your foot. They won't move forward by themselves. You need right. to put stuff in them to move them forward. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually quite, quite good, that. Yeah. 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 Um, so the... He's going to clip that now. I'll show his mates. Yeah. I said, fuck you to be... Yeah, <laughs> yeah so... The, the thing is like people, people muddy all those options together and they start thinking that their ISA is the investment. No, the ISA is just the, the thing that holds the investments. Yeah. All those are a tax wrappers. They protect the investments from tax. Yeah. Now the investments themselves and the perception of risk that people have. So people think that having money in a bank account is safe, but now they know that's not the case because of inflation, right? So inflation is just the value, the value of what you can buy with your money, losing value each year. Yeah. The, the easiest example is, a Mars bar used to cost 20p. Yeah, that, that's a real world example that people see all the time. Yeah, I paid fucking 38p for a Fred all the other day. Yeah, 38p? Yeah. Disgraceful, isn't it? used to it? be like 9p when I was a kid or something, maybe even less. And what happened 6p? to Taz's? They were, they were better. Right, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. I interjected the gun. Yeah. Bags the table. So, <laughs> like everything you should be on a podcast. I for a Fred <laughs> Yeah. So people can see that. And, and now I don't need to explain inflation. People are getting that rammed down their throats nowadays. But if you leave cash in a bank account and it's not keeping up with inflation, that money's going backwards. So yeah. when you're talking about risk, that is risky because that's a guaranteed decline in the value of your cash. People say, I'm not going to put my money in the stock market because it might lose value. Well, if you leave it in a bank account and inflation's 10% like it is at the minute and you're only making four, you're losing 6% of the value on a yearly basis. The, the reason that you invest with spare money is it has a proven track record of beating inflation. Right. Yeah. So you're not investing to make yourself rich. You're just investing to make your money work for you on the sidelines. And I said to you before we started that Damien would definitely use that phrase. 
making money work for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good one, that isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, I should have bet you some money because I said before we started that. Yeah, because you're kind of an, not anti-investing, but because you said because you come from a banking world, you, you'd rather just have your money in your account. Yeah, the, the, the reason I, I'm daft and <clears> I have my money in a, 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 a good savings account, the reason for that is because I worked for a stockbroker for 10 years. It makes me want to throw up the prospect of investing money in the, the stock market, in funds, in fucking bonds, in anything like that makes me want to heave. So that's a personal thing. I, I get that. Like to counter that, first of all, you, you probably earn a little bit more money than most people. So it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter that, um, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to like Elon Musk doesn't need to get a 9% return, right? He's, he's earning so much money from his business that he's going to be okay. Yeah. But your average individual who's working an average job, they need to make their money work for them so that they can be comfortable in retirement. Otherwise they're going to hit 60. They're going to have nothing. The average person who is 30 will need to be a millionaire in retirement to have any decent quality of life. Shit, because you have 30. Yeah, so think about it this way, right? Fuck. If you, there's this, this thing called the Trinity study. I don't get too boring, but it- all nah, it, boris gone. All nice it talks about- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like you boys. Yeah. Me and George are fucking bobbity over here. Yeah. <laughs> let's, 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 George has got enough for his bed. He's forgot to switch cameras. <laughs> yeah. It just talks about how much money you can take off a pot of cash each year that, that means that it will last, yeah. right? So simple, like, because what most people don't realize is when they get to retirement, they have a lump of cash and they're going to draw money off it like an income, yeah. right? So how much can you take each year? And the, it says about three to 4% of a pot. And that means then that by the time you're 90, you're not going to run out of cash. Because the worst thing that can happen is at 80, you've got no money left. You can't work. You, you're fucked, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you say three to 4%, that means if you've got a million quid, you can draw 30 to 40 grand a year of that in income. I think most people who expect their life to be better in retirement. If you want, if you're earning 30, 40 grand a year now, and you want the same level of life that you've got at the minute, you're going to need a million quid in retirement bonds, right? So you'll need to be a millionaire. So the next question is, how the fuck do you get a million pounds in retirement? I'm yeah. 30 years old. Mm. How do we get to that? Because it's, that seems like so far away. Yeah. Like how, pos how is it possible for somebody at 30 year old now to get to a million pound in retirement? Well, you, you use the, ben the, the benefit of compounding to help you. So if I give you a stat that maybe bring that to life, if, you, if at birth you take a child, yeah. you put 5,000 pounds into um, an account for them and it's invested in the a stock market, like the global stock market or the S&P 500, which is the top 500 businesses in America, you don't touch that and you leave it till they're 60. Yeah, so no more money goes in, just the £5,000 at the start. Using historical averages, that'd be worth a million quid at the point they were 60. Because it goes up by an average of 9 to 10% a year over the long run. So in the first year, 5,500, yeah, yeah. that's reinvested. Then the next year, it's 9% of 5,500. By the back end, they're making like ridiculous amounts of money and interest every year. You know, do you know the old, um, it's like you get a chessboard there was a, an emperor and he said to a guy like, oh, you helped me win the war. What do you want? And he was like, just get a chessboard and put a grain of rice on the first square, two grains on the next, four grains on the next. Yeah. And the emperor was like, oh, this is a piece of piss. By the end, you, the total amount of rice on the board is like 14 quintillion pieces of rice because it keeps doubling. Uh, yeah, yeah? yeah. So it's, it's this like, the, that's what I mean when money works for you, right? You use time and you don't even need to put that much in. You could put a few hundred pound a month in every month over a long period of time in a tax advantaged account. That's the main thing, like that it's not being taxed at the end. Like an ISA, an ISA. Yeah. yeah, this is all the pension is, right? And the reason that we now get auto enrolled by 
companies is because they're trying to force us to do that because they know the state pension is only nine grand a year. Right. And by the time we retire, that's it's going to buy you two Freddos. Yeah, two Freddos. Criminal, isn't it, man? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the main thing is like, you, you just invest consistently in a well-diversified investment inside of a tax-advantaged account like an ISA or a pension and do that long-term and that that's all you really need to do. You've made me feel a bit better about my uh, daughter's future because when she was born, her great-grandma, who is still alive, put £5,000 into a ca- an account for oh, her. Oh, amazing. So is that's it, like- Is it, it invested was, though? It was a cash account, wasn't it? Is it cash? Uh, it's a kid's savings ones, but it yeah. is doing like 8% or something. It's doing mad numbers because it's a kid's, it? a, a kid's, I think it's like a kid's ISA. Like a tracker or something. Okay. Track, tracks some kind if, of form, it needs to be. It needs to be invested in something that can achieve a sensible return, which would be like the stock market. So if it's, if it's in a, if it's in, a, if it's in cash, it's just going. It's I'll just speak everything. to the, the missus. She's in charge of that one. I'll, uh, you would I'll use like her. a junior SIP, which, junior is, a, sip. which right. is a UK product. Write this down, George. Uh, put put on the notes. Clip it. Put on the notes. Yeah, junior SIP, and then you can invest that one. All right, next question then. I'm 30 years old. Yeah. I need a million quid to yeah. when, when I retire. Yeah. I want to retire. Can we can we do some compound calculator in? Like, can we do <laughs> calculator some, in? Let's, let's do this. Not off the top of my head, but if you if if you think he's like, like a savant, but this is like the, if if I if I was a listener and I was sat there and so I'm like, the cal- idiot Josh is representing those idiots. He needs to ask these questions. These are the questions I need to know. I'm still because I want I want to make sure I can retire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what what do I go on compound calculator? Just type compound interest calculator into Google. All right, so I've got a, a compound interest calculator here. So yeah. let's say an initial investment, £500. Yep. This is dollars, but... Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, what's an, what do you reckon a good amount per month to put in? 30 years old. I mean, I'd like to think that left whatever, over... Whatever you want to put in, but like a couple hundred quid, 200 quid. Right, let's, so, say, let's go £200. Yeah. F- five grand a month for every beats food video that he's uh, <laughs> playing for now you've lost all your clients. And, and um, don't forget as well, as you get older, most people typically can pay in more. So like yeah. it doesn't work at 200 a month. It's normally like you might start... I mean, the key thing is even if it's a tenner, it's better than nothing. And over time you can grow. When I first started, I was doing 50 quid a month. Right, so we'll do 200 a uh, length of time. So I want to retire at 60. So we're going to do... 30 years. 30 years. Yeah. Uh, estimated interest rate said nine percent. Well, that just to caveat that, so that people don't go mental in your comments. Well, more mental than they already do. But <laughs> apparently, um, that's a pre-inflation return, and that's an average based over the last hundred odd years. Okay. Okay. And then you should just calculate. It that. says interest rate variance range. No, nah, like that's. See if we can skip that. Yeah. Uh, compound annually. Uh, yeah, just leave it annually, and then press complete. Oh, I'm gonna have to go harder. So in 30 years, I'll, I'll have 333,000. Well, how, how, yeah, but if you look at the last, if you scroll down. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I feel like I should play some list scroll music. Up, I don't know where. It, it, it should show um, how much, can you see the red line? All right, yeah. So total contributions is 72,500. Yeah. But the the rest of it is 33,000. Yeah, well, 300,000. Uh, sorry, 333,000. And the key thing is as well, if you're putting that money in a pension, you get tax relief on that. So the, and, or if you're doing it at work, right? Yeah, you, yeah. you won't probably because you're self-employed, but if you if you work for a living and you put 200 in, your employer's likely matching that to 200. Yeah, so then you get into 400, you know? So there's systems that exist that help people out. Um, this is why it's really important to take advantage of your workplace pension make sure that you're maximizing the contribution for 35 years though we're at like 550,000 well this is arguably how, compounding yeah this is how Warren Buffett's so rich right because he started, <laughs> started investing when he was 11 and he's just been compounding it for that amount of time George we need is to, he happy though that's the question we need to start, no, start taking 200 quid in an account mate yeah that's, that's uh, George is all right he's waiting on that record deal <laughs> <laughs> well I mean so that's, that's your compounding have you got any advice for Mr Beard for uh, for his 
for his um, just keep doing what you're doing like investing I'm, I'm I'll be dead by the time I'm 50 I'm alright I don't need to worry about that I don't, need I, to worry I don't about think you will you know your, your, your understanding of a diet and stuff is pretty <sighs> impressive thanks man you should see my YouTube comments fucking heart attack incoming yeah we'll see we'll that's see. fat Jackie on a sofa like <laughs> just eating a KFC bucket <laughs> having a go at you when you trim yeah. I mean it's just calories in versus calories out isn't it I guess yeah well that's the bulk for the sake of common understanding that's the best way to put it yeah mm. of course it matters what you eat you don't want to be eating like McDonald's because it's not even really food right you, 80% yeah. nutrient dense stuff rest of it cheesecake that's what I'd recommend <laughs> What, um, that's what's next up on the agenda property so I want to talk yeah. about this because again like in lockdown every, my mate's a, a mortgage advisor and, oh, yeah. and, and, and Not Ad, Adam's looking at moving, <laughs> moving houses he moans at us every week that he wants to move house and still is yet to move but um, don't kickstart me brother in lockdown everybody got took advantage of the free of the stamp duty relief yeah. and went and got the big baller house I was tempted I thought fucking hell this is looking alright this stamp duty relief let's go get a big house the prices chicken, just went up by the amount of stamp duty that people said yeah, the they? chickens are coming home to roost yeah. now because the interest rates have gone up yeah, and yeah. people are going ah, fuck I can't yeah. afford that house mm. like the state of this surely like I, I just put to Rishi about that like what's going on in the world of property well uh, all property prices are a feature of supply and demand right if, if there's more if there's more people buying than there are selling prices go up and now that it seems it's been that way for a long time right that like buyers it's been a seller's market yeah. as such and it felt like that period in covid where prices just went mental was like the peak of that because they've removed the stamp duty thing loads of people just flooded into the market and also people just sat at home and were like i'm bored of this place i want to i want a bigger place i think now what we're seeing is a shift to the other way so it's becoming a buyer's market what all that means is that people are motivated to sell they need to sell in the past it was like i don't need to sell I, i'm i'm just gonna wait and you're gonna pay me above asking price because there's 20 people viewing the house on day one now it's like shit if we don't get out of this house we're going under because the mortgage has gone from a grand a month to two grand a month and we haven't got an extra grand so we need to get out so that's that's the motivated sellers but the way that interest rates are fixed on mortgages most people are still on fixed deals. So it takes time for it to feed through. It's yeah. like they, they lag the, the interest rate. So it, it just simply means that it's going to be 12 months really until we see the full effect of the interest rate rise on everyone, maybe even longer because a lot of people locked in at two-year deals and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but as these motivated sellers drip into the market um, and prices start to come down, you'll see them fall. What I would say is for people that are looking to buy, make cheeky offers, because there's an expectation from... Just texting Mrs. Beard. Yeah. <laughs> Make cheeky offer. What people think is the asking price is the price they have to pay, okay? And what they don't realise is the asking price is grounded in the expectation of the person who's selling. And they're still looking at COVID where they think, bloody hell, next door sold theirs for X. We want that. Yeah. Sorry, that's not the world we're in now. So what, what actually is happening is the expectations are not, not really settled. People haven't really realized that we're in a different market now than we were 12 months ago. So if you're a buyer, you're in a massively strong position because they're few and far between. I, but I, 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 knew, I knew this already. I mean, not, not that the, the yeah. advice is not... I've been saying this for ages, purely on the basis that people like... My, uh, a state agent said to me, we had a house valued recently, right? Bought it for 300,000. Mm. Uh, 20... End of 2019, right? The dudes... So that, what, whatever, what year is it now? 2023? And this was end of 2022, I think, when he came. He's like, yeah, your house is worth 420 grand. 
but I'd recommend you put it on for 400 if you sell it, you know, if you want to get a quick sale. And I'm looking at him like he's drunk. I'm like, are you? I'm like, is there something wrong? Is there a gas leak? You fucking high. Did you, did you hit a lamppost on the way over here? What's wrong? I'm like, it's not worth 25% more than we paid for it, you fool. He's like, no, no, it is. He's like, I didn't call him a fool because, you know, he's actually one of Lindsay's mates. So, but, um, <laughs> I see, yeah, I was like, like nobody's going to pay that for it. You might tell me that as an stage. I think there's some weird kind of Illuminati shit going on. You know, they tell you these prizes. I'm like, what are you on about, man? Nobody's going to pay 400 grand for this house, man. It's not worth 25% <laughs> more. There's not the demand for it. And I, that's, I'm right because mm. loads of people on my on my street are trying to sell the house and none, nobody can sell them because exactly. they're putting them up for like that. The next doors, they, they try to sell it for 380. I'm like, I said to Lindsay, I was like, look, I'd, I'd now, I'd be like, if we wanted to move, I'd say, I'll put up for 350. If somebody gives me 340, I'll take it. I made 40 grand on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what kind of savings accounts paying that in three years, you know? But then like that, that effect of you, like you don't really, you don't need to sell at 400, right? So yeah, you're just yeah. like, I'll sell at 350. Then the whole street is fucked, aren't they? Because like, <laughs> good, they don't yeah, like yeah, yeah. But you, you go, let's lowball them and sell at 200. Just, just get, to piss everyone off. Keep it coming. This is yeah. even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That neighbor that you don't like, just absolutely ruin him. But, but it, it you know, this is motivated seller point what most people don't realize is that most homes in the UK don't even have mortgages on them. So there's a lot of people that like they own their houses, right? So they, they don't need to sell, but it's, it's how many of these people that have got mortgages that are going to struggle over the next 12 to 24 months. And I think I interviewed this guy on my podcast that um, owns a lot of property. Cheeky it, plug. What's the name of the podcast? <laughs> it's called making money, making money. Go listen. Yeah. That's probably a good podcast. It is yeah. a very Sorry good podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, but I would just, I just say like, if you're buying now, now's a good time. It's, it's probably the best time to be a buyer and it will continue to be over the next 12 to 24 months. And it has been for a decade. So like that panic that people have as buyers probably just need, they just taper that down. Don't just, just chill out. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I think we're, we're conditioned as buyers to be like, fuck it now, like, panic, 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 make offers. Don't know. Like the market, the, the, the narrative is different due to interest rate rises. Yeah. Like, you know, it costs more to buy the same house. So the price has to come down. You made an interesting point. I think like the, you've also got to depend on like, if you're a first time buyer, there's gonna be more people wanting first time buyer houses. Mm. But when you go up the, the ladder into like higher- Well, this uh, is it. Yeah. You know, bigger properties and because it costs more, there's, there's fewer and fewer people that want to buy them and sell them. So then yeah. that does become a buyer's market. Well, I always see- I always, my missus loves that Omaze thing, right? You know, like the lottery on the houses that are like, uh, like they, 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 it's a lottery, but you end up, it's like this five million pound house in Cornwall and oh, it's on an island. And my missus like, it's worth five million quid. I'm like, who's buying that for five million? Like, because who, who's got five million quid? Who's like, I want to live on an island in the middle of an ocean. Like, that'd be you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be him. Yeah. If I had five million, that'd definitely <laughs> would be me. Every intro one. would just be you on a little boat going to shore <laughs> to, to do a food challenge. That'd be great. Great for drone shots. Yeah. But yeah. Think <laughs> <laughs> you were young. Adam is on his dinghy. Darling, guys. Who's your man? Let me rip my Yeah. Yeah. So value is, value is, the thing is about value, it's what people want and what they get is two different things. Yeah. And it, and it's for the first time in a long while for buyers, it started to be more about what they want to pay more than it is what the seller wants. This is exactly what you need to hear. Yeah, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm this Mrs. Beardian, I should have got her sitting with me, you know, cause well, I'm, I'm like that, man. I'll have to send her a rough She'd be like, we can't offer, we went to see this house. I don't want, I won't say how much it was, right? But we went to see this house that she really likes. And you know, when, when she, as soon as we went to see it, I thought, fucking hell, <laughs> I'm never gonna hear the end of this now. She's like, I really want to buy it. And I'm like, all right, well, we can buy it. But you're from this. She's like, I can't offer them like 20% less than it's worth. I was like, why? 
So you, we don't know them. Right, that's, that's the, it's not what it's worth. It's what they're asking for. Well, yeah, it, that's it, the key, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. That's what yeah. I should have said. Anyway, uh, yeah, I said, well, no. If I said, if you can offer them, offer them that, and they say, yeah, cool, man, go have at it. But knowing full well, they probably wouldn't because they'd already reduced it by. Like, they put it on for something stupid, man. Yeah. But, um, I don't think we're going to see this almighty crash. Just, I mean, this is just my opinion now, right? So this isn't fact, but I think a lot of people are like waiting for some 2008 style massive yeah. dip in prices. I don't think we'll see that. I think we, because of the way that people approach the market, it's like a gradual, you know. Didn't you say that on one, I'm sure, I'm sure on one of your recent videos that um, is wages going up in line or people are getting pay rises in line somewhat with inflation. Therefore the interest rate rises are not quite having the no, effect. That- well, they're not. Most people aren't getting 10% pay rises. So what what I meant by that was, I don't know if this was me who said it, but if I was, if I was saying anything like that, I was saying that the drop in prices isn't helping first time buyers because their wages aren't increasing at the rate. Right. So, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, the price will dip and that will help first time buyers. You still need massive deposits. You yeah, still yeah, need yeah. a lot to get on. And the lending criteria and the affordability checks are, mean that people can't afford in the bank's eyes what they could do six months ago. So people will say, I need a four bedroom house. And the bank's going to go, well, you can only afford a two bed now on your wages. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You, you need because of the multipliers and how they work. That's it. one thing I've seen on right move as I've been like scrolling through is that a lot of them now are just reduced, reduced, reduced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the people's, people's expectations haven't caught up with the reality of the market. And like anecdotally is really powerful because local, the thing is we apply property to the UK when in reality it's loads of local little markets and you knowing that everything on your house road, like your road is for sale is a lot more powerful than the Bank of England going, oh, the average price has dropped 3% because what's that? You used a snazzy phrase on that video you did about property, something like hyper-local. Yeah, that was like the Halifax or someone talking about hyper-local, yeah, guys. hyper-local trends or something. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, they're basically saying that, you know, certain areas of the, we, we apply a, an average to the whole of the UK when in reality, every market is completely different. Yeah. There's certain areas where I live where there's roads that they're never going down in price because there's only like 20 houses there and everyone wants to live there. And as soon as one comes up, it's getting, it's gone. But then the next road, they might collapse because they're not as appealing. It's, it's all about your local market, isn't it? But the, the key message is for buyers, just chill out. Like you're in a good place now and you've, you've, it's going to get better likely, I would say over the next 12 to 24 months. Like it. We've mentioned your podcast a couple of times. Yeah. And uh, can you give us a little bit more information about your podcast? Because I've listened to the first three have been released. I've really enjoyed all of oh, them. Oh, that's a relief because I hate them. <laughs> really? no, I'm joking. No, I, I just I just don't like anything that I do. Do you know what right. I mean? Same, <laughs> man. Same you too. Do we just become best friends? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, especially because we're starting again at the beginning. So one of the reasons I started the podcast was because I constantly get questions of like, yeah, but how, what is an ISA? What is this? Yeah. It's not like a food challenge where it's like everyone is different and it's not, someone's not going to be like, well, can I see you eat burgers, mate? Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, but that's, that's what it's like with finance because beginners are constantly coming in. So the podcast allows me to have like a format where it's like, start there, go through. Yeah. What that means though is that the, we're, we're doing very basic uh, stuff. Subscribe to it on got it Spotify. Up. There you what go. I'm the guy on the left. <laughs> you know the funniest thing about that is it's highly discoverable because I actually typed in talking money. <laughs> All right, but that actually came up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As a talk one, so. yeah. Sorry, um, <laughs> people aren't going to get that, are they? Like, no, we'll, they'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, I'm not saying it. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Um, and the 
like it allows people to start at the start because YouTube, it's like old content kind of just disappears and yeah. it's, it's not very episodal. And if you try and do something that's like episode one, episode two, like it doesn't, it doesn't really translate into reach. So I, I wanted to start something where it could start at the beginning. But the downside of that is for me, I feel like I'm covering like very basic topics and I worry that it's too simple. But then it's all coming back to that point again about realizing that people don't, you don't know what people don't know. Yeah. Especially know? in this, this uh, industry, because like, yeah, yeah, like I've listened to it and thoroughly enjoyed it because I don't have a fucking clue. Yeah, well, that's that's who that's who it's for, right? Yeah. Like I said that on my channel. I said there's a lot of you that that probably won't like it, and that's okay. But a funny story. So one of the guys who owns Kindling Media, which is the production company that kind of pay for it all, he used to work in investment banking. Um, so you know he worked at like a Goldman Sachs or someone like that. And on the first day I met him, we did we, we were doing a pilot for an ISA episode. And he was like, oh yeah, I've got an ISA. I've got like a few different stocks and shares ISAs that I pay into each year. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I've got like three and I pay into each one. I was like, you can't do that. And he was like, what, what are you on about? And I'm like, that's against the rules. Like <laughs> he, was he, like, he didn't know. And he didn't know. <laughs> so what I was saying before is even finance professionals yeah. don't know because they might know how to restructure a, an IPO for like a, a massive business, but they don't know how to tuck money into an ISA properly. So you can, you can pay into multiple ISAs, but not above the 20 grand yeah. limit. So you can have one of each type. Um, so hold on, it gets complicated. This you can this have is as not financial advice. No, so you can have as many different of most of the types as you want, but you can only pay into one of each type each year. So there's a stocks and shares, a cash. Um, there's a lifetime ISA. There's an innovative finance ISA as well, which is peer to peer lending. You could theoretically have pay into all of those uh, in one year, but you couldn't pay into two stocks and shares ISAs at the same time in the same year. But you can have more than one stocks and shares ISA. It's just like, so I, I've it's got not that complicated. I've got like six stocks and shares ISAs, right? And at the start of each year, I just decide which one I'm going to pay into. And then right. that's my one for the year. Uh, as soon as the cash goes in. What's the, what's the allowance now? You speak 20 K. Is it? Yeah. It shows how old I am. When I used to work at the bank, I think it was 11 to 80 or something. <laughs> yeah. It's actually pretty generous, you know, like in the, in the, in the grand scheme of like the globe, the 20 K is, is, is a generous allowance. Um, that might be one thing that they target because obviously for most people, 20K into investments a year is, is quite a lot of money. You yeah, know? So, so. so they, they might cut that to then make it like, you know, because that's an extra tax then. That's funny that you schooled him on that then. So I take it that episode's never going to see the light of day. <laughs> no, no, he, he's, he, he's, that. He, he's, the, he's the owner of them. So yeah. he wasn't on the episode. Oh, sorry. Right, so yeah. we were just talking just afterwards, afterwards right, but it yeah. kind of, like the guy's super successful, runs multiple businesses. Like he's like a proper founder. Do you know what I mean? Sets things up all the time, but that basic knowledge around it, he had that wrong. And he worked for one of the biggest investment companies on the planet. Wow. So I once sat down with some financial advisors. I've seen there's one opposite actually. I had a piss on the door. Yeah, there is. <laughs> there is across the, across yeah. the hall. Yeah. 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 We'll leave, don't, don't worry about it. We're leaving this building anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I sat down with some of them in the past before I was like, did what I did to talk to them. And I spoke to them and I was like, what do you think about the lifetime ice? And they're like, we never heard of it. And I was just like, you're just selling the products that you sell. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's what people forget about that industry is it, they're in the, the business of collecting fees. They're not in the business of necessarily helping people. They help people by virtue of collecting fees, you know? Yeah, man. Have you seen the what, uh, was Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah. Martin McConaughey. Um, we don't know if the stock's going to go up, down, fucking sideways. Yeah. You get the commission, right? Yeah. You get the commission. And it kind of sounds like what you were saying within your industry that like, you know, you were just selling things because you sit there for fees, aren't you? 
Yeah, well, you get you get your, your commission, right? I don't, yeah. get, I, I don't get anything off that, Like, <laughs> I've just paid a crappy salary to tell people what to do. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of... Financial advisors are good in a lot of circumstances, especially really complicated matters. But I think from a perspective of put some money inside of an ISA and invest in a global index fund, it's criminal that they charge ridiculous fees for that because that should be like... It's like saying, I'm going to charge you every time you take a shower or I'm going to charge you... Like, you have to have a personal trainer to go to the gym. It's that kind of like... Like it should be that basic for people. It should just yeah. be part of their daily routine. That's a good takeaway to be fair. For yeah. the, I mean, like, cause I know that um, my old man, he has a financial advisor just cause they sort of got given one at work, you know, mm-hmm. with to do pensions and then, oh, do you want to set up an ISA? Yeah, you get an ISA. So then they've just been handling this portfolio for the last 35 years that he were in work and then he'd retired, but they're still kind of handling it. And I remember like looking at the little printout that he got and it says like the percentage that they take mm. during COVID and they'd, Doing better than him. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, a 1% fee will, you know, you were doing your compound interest calculator before. A 1% fee over 30 years, I think, takes about 25% of the portfolio. So when you're talking that 300 grand, they're taking, you know, 75K of that in fees just from a 1% fee. So when there's a difference between doing it yourself at 0.2% and doing it through them at 1%, that's massive. But people, this is why they, call, they, they give percentage fees because it's like, it well, it doesn't sound that big, yeah, yeah. but if they go, well, well actually, you'll you'll pay us a hundred. And people grand. think it's more intimidating than it actually is. Like, yeah, you've you've referenced like the S and P five hundred about three times. Yeah, like that. Is, obviously, you can't give advice, but no. like that's what there's that. that then there's like the UK FTSE. Is that right? Yeah, FTSE yeah, one hundred. FTSE trackers was the most popular investment people mm. made when I when I worked at the the bank. Sensible people. What's a global one? As that, that's just so I, I mainly invest in a global index fund, and all it does is it just investing around three to 4,000, up to 7,000 businesses all across the world. So when what, you- What would one be called? Like on Vanguard, for example? VWRL, Vanguard World. V is Vanguard, WRL is world shortened. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what it stands for. And what it does is, so you get the whole globe and then it, it invests in businesses around there that are on stock markets, everywhere from like India, China, whatever, in proportionally to how big they are in the, in the global, in the global economy. So 65% of all the money I invest goes into American companies anyway, because America is 65% of the the global stock market. Uh, So like the biggest holding is like Apple or Google or whatever, Alphabet. AAPL. I remember these codes, man. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) All the Apple fanboys like, oh, I can't buy a new phone, but I love an an Apple share. How much is one share? Fucking 600 quid or something. Yeah. Yeah. But the the, the key thing is that like (laughs) most people buy the S&P 500, which is the top 500 businesses in America, because traditionally that's done very well, but they are global businesses, right? So they sell their products everywhere, but I just buy the whole world because I just think maybe America might not always dominate. You know, uh, there's, there was times in the past when America wasn't dominant. There was times in the past where England was. Now it hasn't been for a decade. Emerging markets as well. You exactly. can't forget like your Brazils and shit like India, that. India, China, yeah. these these kind of countries are, are like, you know, they're, they're coming up quick. So all you're doing essentially is betting on the world spinning. That's it. And that, that's like, if if that bet doesn't pay off, everyone's fucked anyway. So, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that that's the, that's the alternative. The alternative, I buy every, all these businesses, thousands of businesses for all of my money to disappear. All those businesses need to disappear. And yeah. that's, that's a, you know, aliens invaded or something like that. That's why we're sticking this 200 quid, George. BWRL, write that down. It's not going to make notes, mate. <laughs> it's not going to make you rich overnight, but what it's going to do is it's going to make sure in retirement that you're comfortable, which is probably the biggest risk to most people financially. Yeah, yeah. Because while you can still work, you can always earn more money. So that, that the, the key thing to separate from investing is this idea of getting rich quick. And what you're actually doing is you're just making your money work for you in a smart way. So when you get to retirement, you've got something there and then just focus on what you're actually good at. 
I would say making podcasts for you, but you're clearly not very good at that. So <laughs> whatever it is you do, mate. What? <laughs> I, was, I was actually going to compliment you on your, your podcast is so like so well produced and concise. Yeah. And then, you know, That's because somebody else is fucking paying yeah. for it. We, 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 we need to get these boys invested. You do your script at the beginning. It's so well. Like, it's it not just, it, what it we was do. just a bit dry, that, that chat for a few minutes. So I thought <laughs> I'll throw something in there to spice it up a bit. Well, uh, uh, on the topic, of, do we have, uh, we've got anything about crypto or no? Uh, we can do, yeah. I was just going to say real quick, what, what, what are Damien's opinions on? Because he just gave a very sensible message there about, you know, not not betting on getting rich quick. Mm. What are your thoughts on crypto? Because we have had somebody else in here, what's his name, who uh, is financially quite successful, who was was very pro-crypto, wasn't he? But that was a long time ago now. Who, Jimmy? Big Jimmy, yeah. Yeah, but... I, I, Secret Jimmy. So Jimmy was... Uh, Jimmy Hill was the owner of a company called Hairburst. Right. Uh, and they sold to JD Sports. That's what he told us on the podcast for... Uh, but that's a public company, so like he obviously did all right. Out right, yeah, yeah. And he was like, "Oh, I've got a." I think I think he said like one percent, but his one percent compared to our one percent would be very different. Yeah. But he was like, "Oh, yeah." But it's still just one percent. He's like, "Yeah, if you if if you stick it in this, it was more than that, man." Nah. Something about a crypto wallet. But anyway, I, I don't want to get into specifics. What are your thoughts generally, Damien, on uh, on on crypto and if you should at all? Yeah. Dabble, dabble in it. I've got crypto. I've got about a 1% hold in. But the problem is it's completely unregulated, right? So there's yeah. absolutely no protection. And we've seen that. We've seen what the, the, the ramifications of no regulation are. It's, it's funny that people will go, oh, it's decentralized and that's the benefit. And then it all collapses and they go, oh, a little bit of centralization. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll, t- I'll take a bit of that regulation. Um, the, the, the thing is, if my whole thing is, I don't really know what's going to happen. So I bet on the whole world, then I should by virtue of that, take some crypto because I don't know what's going to happen there, but I'm not exposing myself to the point of 10 to 20%. But I put 1% in because if if it pays off like people say it will, then that'll be plenty. You know, like if it's going to 100x, then my 1% will do all right. But if it crashes, which is more likely than not, um, then then I'll, st- I'll still be okay. The thing is, it's like, what surprises me is that people will say investing's too risky and, and not do it and then go all in on Shiba Inu or something like that. that that's <laughs> is that a new is that a new one? No, that was that was one of the that was the coins. that the Elon, Elon Musk one. Dogecoin, yeah, Dogecoin, yeah. Dogecoin, Dogecoin. Yeah, yeah, Dogecoin. What that kind of puts me off as well. Like they've never given like serious names. You know, if you had like a crypto card, like he said, come rocket three times. Yeah. I know, like, but that was a real one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a real one. Yeah. Like, why are they giving such daft names, man? Yeah, because it, it appeals to the meme culture, doesn't it? This was this was like uh, Mike when it's heyday, wasn't it? When he did the crypto. Good old Mike. Yeah, the um, entre- entrepreneur, entrepreneur stuff, and he were like, it, it, they bought all the crypto rigs. I think, you, rigs. I think you need a bit of room in your life for a bit of spice, whatever that is. And if, if like, you it's know, not spice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, people do um, accumulators on a weekend. Yeah. Like, it's stu- like it's stu- like that. Yeah, stupid, but it's like that. Like, right. Like in the sense of it's, it's a bit of an unknown and, and there's certain people that will, will know more about cryptocurrency and they'll be able to make money, but they live and breathe it. And if you're not living and breathing it, then the chances of you just stumbling across something, it is like rolling the dice, right? It's like an accumulator. You might think you know more about football, but you're not pep. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So unless you are that, then I would say like betting on it in a heavy way is, is pretty risky. So it's a, it's a bet, it's like, it's like a roulette, man. It's the same kind of thing. Cause yeah. there's no, there's not even an underlying asset there that you can, no. or I think there is in some capacity that I don't understand, but you can't analyze it like in the, in the same way that biggest, biggest gain I ever made on a stock trade, right. was when I bought Thornton's. I think I told this before. Yeah. You know, like did, chocolate yeah, makers. Did, yeah. Cause they're about to tank. Uh, but you know, like Thornton's is a brand, right. Yeah. Like, which is a it's fucking the heritage of that brand, right? I'm like, this ain't going, like somebody's buying this shit, right? Some company, fucking Tesco, whatever. I think it ended up being Ferrero, you know, make Ferrero Rocher. Yeah. yeah. So it's going imp- to, I, I don't foresee this is going to get any lower, right? Somebody's going to come in and buy it and it's going to go up, right? And it did. 
Look, the only downside was I had no money, so I only put like 100 quid in it. But I think I made like, I don't know how much I made, but I made a decent amount on it, right? But that was like, I could I could project that. I didn't know, right? But what I knew, I was like, I'm, you know, you can you can make a, a judgment based on what you know. Yeah. With crypto, I'm like, well, I don't fucking know. I might as well toss a coin. You did yeah. that, didn't you? I heard you say that on your podcast. You and you did, when COVID hit, you yeah. put all your savings, you stopped buying it. You said, yeah. I'm not buying a house. I'm going to put all my money yeah. in the stock market. Yeah. I was about to complete on a house and I just pulled out and whacked the whole deposit, which was like 20 odd grand in, into, into the market. Because, you know, but this is- That's how balls is that, isn't it? It's not to me though, because no, yeah, it was sensible because like I saw that Google had dropped 30% in value and that, 30% of people stopped using Google? No. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, so it, to me, that made complete sense. It was more risky to buy the property. So it's, but then it's it's what you're comfortable with. And if, if you're sat at home and you're not comfortable with that, you don't do it. And the key thing with crypto is there's people there that are going to be a lot more into that than I am. But from a general perspective- should you listen to your mate in the gym about a crypto? No, like you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna play big money on it, you need to be living and breathing it. Yeah. And with the stock market, I live and breathe it in that sense. And I've been through enough crashes, like 08 and that, to know that really good companies tend to get dragged into the crap when everything else goes down. And a company like Google or Alphabet at the time, it made no sense to me why that had dropped thirty percent in a, in a few days. So I was just like, put all the money in there, and in a month it had gone back up. I was prepared to leave that in there though for 10 years. And that's wow. the key. That's, that's crazy that. What, what's your, so your co-host T, he's, uh, yeah. he's in the crypto world, right? Yeah, well, yeah. What's, what's he do? Like what's the, God knows. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. It's an interesting like- Oh um, God, yeah. Yeah. They, slight meaning. Yeah, well this <laughs> is- attract. The, yeah. the, the, produ the production company were like, we want someone that kind of represents the audience. I don't think he even does that, to be honest. <laughs> he's just one of my best mates. Yeah. And, and he's always been a, a good person to riff off. And um, yeah, he's, he's, he, he works in the crypto space. Um, so he's got some interesting stories from there. But he'll be openly admit that he's lost loads of money and he's made money and stuff like that. But yeah, he's not coming at it from like, I'm an expert. If anything, he's more there to kind of like, when I get carried away with a guest, he's like, what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? Do you know what I mean? Like, just bring this back down to earth. What, is that what you do? Not really. But no. you're the one that gets carried away with the guest, right? Do I bring it back down to us? <laughs> George, George is falling asleep, man, over there. George, I George know, wrote, he's wrote the drink nicer. last night, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, what oh, like it? VWRF. <laughs> uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask, and it's based on one of your most recent videos, but a very important thing to uh, to, to ask and discuss is, uh, does money buy you happiness? Because it's it's... We all chase like many many people chase it. Oh, you did a video on this. No, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but like, so I can oh, talk about it all day long. Is this one, one of those things. Sorry, you're fucking useless at this. You. Not right? everyone's watched my videos. I actually, think. no. But no, <laughs> not like you, where the half the world has watched every video. Like, I, I've met on, I've on. met many successful people across yeah. like in the celebrity world who you would foresee when you look at them from outside looking in at Instagram and they've got the the watches and the cars. You think they're loving life and they're not happy. And so, I, like, I, I think I can having met all these people said that money doesn't buy you happiness. Like I, I feel, I feel like I've, I've witnessed that, but most of what I've ever witnessed that. Um, what's your take on it all? Because we all chase that dragon. Yeah. Of like, let's make more money. Or let's try and make more money. Or let's yeah. do the, like, that's going to be the thing that'll make us happy. Yeah. We all know that money won't make us happy. We just want to find that out for ourselves. Yeah. That's what they say. Do you know, by the way, that chasing the dragon is like a reference to drug use? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Was it Puff? The magic dragon. Yeah. yeah. But it's like an old, like uh, from when they used to do, like heroin Fuck, was it no, no back in like victorian days you saw what was it called that shit they used to do it's been an opiate of some kind anyway sorry go on i just say it's a drugs will make you drugs will make you happy demonetization is a real it's a real thing you have to put a drugs disclaimer on now <laughs> okay, okay. go on sorry what you're saying yeah. so yeah like 
the academic research would suggest that you can buy happiness, but you just need to spend money on the right things. And, and those things are like, people are going to switch off at this point. They're like giving and experiences, experiences with friends. So if happy, all happiness is, is chemicals in the brain, right? Yeah. So, you know, I think what most people think is happiness is a destination and that we get there and then we're happy. That's wrong. And that, that, that's the kind of expectation that leads to unhappiness. That's why lottery winners end up miserable because they think as soon as they won the lottery, right, my life's perfect. And then they get a real life problem and they're like, oh crap, that didn't solve that problem. There was a study where they compared lottery winners to paraplegics. And after six months, they found that their happiness levels were the same because the people in the wheelchairs thought their lives were ruined. And the people in, who won the lottery thought their lives would, were perfect. And the expecta those expectations meant that six months on, the, the paraplegics were like, it's not that, that my life isn't over. Like uh, there's still yeah, stuff yeah. to live for. So they were happier as a result of that, the expectation. Whereas, you know, if you, if you give someone 10 million quid, they live that life for a bit and then they go to a restaurant that's a Michelin star and the steak's slightly undercooked. That's disastrous to them because it's like their expectations are too high. So you need to manage expectations. You need to not like ratchet through the gears and think, oh, I've got this Rolex, but the next Rolex will make me happier. It won't. Yeah, yeah. And the things that actually make you happy. Yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> stuff. He only puts his Casio on for a Yeah, to be effect. man of the people. <laughs> Fucking, I've yeah. written a marathon this weekend, man of the people. Yeah, the, the, but the things that do genuinely make you happier that you can spend money on are experiences with friends. I mean, you look no further than the fact that when old people are about to die, all they talk about is what they remember. And that, like, that, that shows you what's important there. And then also giving has been proven to um, make people happier because it, it releases like oxytocin in the brain, which is like, they call it the hug chemical or the happy hormone. So, you know, give all your money away, basically. So when we're filming that video on Wednesday, you give me a free service of like video production that makes yeah. me feel better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would to anybody else but you. <laughs> but uh, but the, give, the giving is like, you need to be close to the cause and you need to be able to see the impact. You know, yeah. like donating to Oxfam is from from might be good morally but from a happiness perspective won't do much for you yeah you don't see the result yeah you need like this is why people like that volunteer for local football teams and stuff they they're like happy people you know fulfilled because they're they're, they're, they're giving their time charitably yeah. and they can see the impact of that but you know like donating money to a faceless charity where you never see where it lands that that won't make you happy yeah, don't quite have the same no. effect how are you finding the 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 journey of um of happiness and 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 wealth building i guess like oh. are you Striking the balance or? No, I'm completely miserable, mate. <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm not miserable, but I'm definitely like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, a, I've, I've always thought myself that more money would make me happier. And now I've got more money. I actually just, you just get it and you're like, well, that isn't enough. Like, you know, right, yeah, you know yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking like millions. I don't know millions, but if you told me 10 years ago that I would have a month like that, I'd be like, oh God, you, you absolutely set at that point, lad. But I'm at a point in my life where I don't, I don't buy stuff. So more money doesn't actually, beyond a point, right? Beyond say like four or five grand a month, because I save half of what I bring in and all of that. Everything else is just more savings. And yeah. it's like, what, what's it for, you know? It's interesting. I mean, like it, the, in the YouTube world, I guess for you guys as well, when you're chasing the the analytics, you know, it's like eight out of 10, nine out of 10, one That's out of 10. That's devastating. Like, I saw KSI put a tweet out Did last you, night. bother you? Yeah, it's horrible. Is it? Yeah, but I'm at the point where I'm not a made man like yourself. No, I'm not, I don't, <laughs> but you, people think that. That's not true at all. No. I, but I, the reason I don't, that doesn't bother, it used to bother me, I think. So you, because it tells you, even if you've not done anything wrong, or oh, people didn't want to watch this. Yeah. So I have done something wrong. Yeah. Whereas now I don't even bother looking now. 
I honestly don't like because I just think you're gonna get you, you, it's gonna color what you think. I, I, if I do a video, I know if it's shit or if it's good. Yeah. So if I do a video which is ace that I've put loads of time into and it's ten out of ten, I think there's a fucking ace video. I don't give a shit yeah. like how much I earned from it or who watched it. So it's, it's, it's probably annoying that the packaging can determine that though. Yeah, like especially you, with YouTube. Yeah. Like, well, that's it. And like you feel like if I'd have just packaged it a different way, it'd be better. But yeah, I, I tie a lot of. I quit my job to do this full time like you did. And I took a massive risk at that point. And, it, and it's still up in the air whether that was a, a good risk to take because I was earning six figures from my like my day job. And if I'd have carried on doing what I was doing, I could have become a sales director and they earn loads of money, right? Um, in the finance world. So I could have earned a lot of money doing that and just progressing through that career path. But I, w I wasn't really that happy doing it. But now it's still very much like, did I make the right choice? Did I not? Now, it's going well so far and I'm becoming more comfortable over time. But I guess you just worry that you're just going to make an idiot out of yourself online and that the whole world's going to hate you. <laughs> that's right. I don't have a fucking weekly basis, mate. So that's the this point. Is, this, was yeah. such a, this is such a, like a, a serious topic that we've just spoke about and not... 90 minutes ago, we were talking about him shitting his pants again. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you say again, like, it's, uh, that's my annual pants shit, man. It happens. <laughs> does, yeah. does, give what, me a break. How, how does that just happen? Well, if you eat, like, too much food, you know, if, you, if, if somebody like me is struggling to eat something, then you risk, uh, especially, like, if you've done a, a little series where you've been eating too, more freak, overeating more frequently yeah. than you normally would. So yeah, it happened at the okay, end I saw of this Canada on, trip. On Twitter last night, so it was, and I don't follow KSI, but it still ended up on my feed. Thanks guys with a sad face. And it's his video, nine out of 10. Oh, right. Well, but I mean, in 31 minutes, it had done 300,000 views. Yeah, I mean- Like that's a shit house of a fucking tweet. That is right, a shit house of a tweet. I like blaming the audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what are you on about? Blame yourself. <laughs> I, Can you imagine? Do like, you know what I mean? Like what a fucking planet are you on, KSI? I'll fight <laughs> you, you the thing, The thing is like, I saw you post a video last night and you got 174,000 views in two hours. And I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if that's a, good or not. It was actually 340 because you see the delay. Well, that's it. <laughs> well, this is it. So my biggest ever video, right, is like six, 700,000 views, right? And if he got that, he'd be fucking devastated maybe. Like. I would, nah, because I, I think I am, I see what you're saying, but I am, I think I'm one of the very few people I, I remember, right? I remember when 100,000 views on a video was mind-blowing to me, right? So to me, if I- I remember when 1,000 was for me. Like, yeah, you know it, what I mean? Like is, when you first started. You, it's like you said about happiness, you kind of forget. It's called hedonic adjustment. Yeah, I know, I did watch yeah. the video. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Next time, like, don't invite me, just play some of my videos. Right? Just, <laughs> put my laptop and play some of the yeah, be like, yeah, seen this one. <laughs> I'm trying to show the enthusiasm because normally when I get a guest on and I say I've never fucking heard it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you give me <laughs> Paul Smith sat there. Paul Smith, like, fucking, I love your videos. Me, some, me and, you, some, and you're like, yeah, I've not actually seen any of your stand up, but I, I'm sure it's good. So <laughs> I'm sure you're funny. <laughs> yeah, funny. but no, I, I, try, I, I, I think I'm getting much better at keeping a level, uh, level head about it. I think if I, if I did upload a video and it got like 50,000 views, I'd be like, shit. I, you know, that, then it would be a bit of a, but then it would just be a statistical anomaly, right? So yeah. I'd be worried about that part. But the, the hard thing for me is like, I've got this thing in my hands that could potentially set me up for life and that would have impacts for my son. And yeah. like, and I feel like I've got like the golden ticket in my hands and it might just fall through my hands still. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm, you, I'm not, you talk I'm not, about it like that. A I'm not bit. quite set. Yeah, and, yeah. and like, I, maybe people can't relate to this, but it's like, imagine like you've got the chance and, and now it's like, you might mess it up yeah, and that's this is terrifying. Yeah, and if yeah. in 10 years, like this is, I, I didn't quite do it and I'm back in doing thing. I, I feel like I regret it for the rest of my life. It's a tough one that I need. Cause I mean, like, um, this, even if the, even if that fell through now, you've had a, you've, it, 
all self self uh, propelled you've had a better chance than most like you've got mm. for a lot for a lot of people don't even break out of the of the mold of society you know yeah, so, exactly. nine to five. so like uh, arguably at this point you've you've already fucking cracked it but i i completely understand that you're sort of striving for the the next thing like. yeah it's just just financial security really so yeah. that i can say like i don't want to do this anymore i do but then at the same time when i was studying number 10 the other day i was like well actually i could say right now you've you've done all right from a where you've got to perspective, yeah, yeah. you know, you could be like, well, the, what's bigger than that in a, in your space? Is that you know? is that hedonic adjustment? Is that where you hedonic say like you basically just keep re, uh, yeah. resetting the benchmark? Yeah, it's actually useful for us from a perspective of survival, and it's why people can live anywhere, right? Why yeah. why do why do Spanish people come here and go? How the hell do you live in this miserable place? But then they're here for a year and they're like, oh, it's all right, you know. Yeah. That's hedonic adjustment. And when you when you lose a loved one, if you didn't get used to that, you would just be depressed the rest of your life wouldn't you so we need that to be able to move on but it, it's it's bad from a perspective of the world we live in now where you can keep consuming yeah because yeah. we just constantly ratchet through the gears of like what what is our baseline like the fact that when my first ever job was 15 grand a year and i thought i was the man i bought a hugo boss suit for like a grand <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah i told you i was an idiot you should have won <laughs> yeah yeah I, I wrecked it wrecked it on a night out we just lived in it do you know what i mean um and uh yeah whereas now like i could earn that in a month yeah and and, and be like oh well it's not quite secure like that's crazy and i know that's crazy but that's the battle that i face a lot of my content that i make is me saying i'm struggling with this yeah, like, of course, here's, yeah. here's what i found because i'm trying to figure out why i'm not happy no. <laughs> you know it's, it's a wild ride isn't it? And, yeah. and, and as you said in that video like comparison is a thief of joy like yeah. no matter where you are on the ladder there's a there's always someone bigger there's always some like not literally views wise <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a, there's a, and i mean i guess even you probably look at other channels within your niche because you mentioned some guy and you were like he's like the beast of eating and he eats like 600 hot dogs in a minute or something stupid oh yeah but that's that, but, that's a built eating ability that's not like you've, but, you've also got but he was getting a lot of views you were saying he was getting like matt stoney well. stoney St Stone, yeah he was the guy that like straddled but like he, he's still like to me i think that's the best eating channel there is on the internet i think um, but also, yeah, it was a, an incredible competitive year in the, in the sporting sense, if you want to put it that way. But I don't, I don't compare myself to the people. I think I'm the wrong person to use this comparison because- Well, what's wild is I'd never heard of you until you approached me, but then my mates all had, but you're massive, right? You know that, like you've got, you're getting a couple million views a video. That's, that's top tier creator, but you can exist in our space and most people don't even know who you are. So yeah. you have this thing of like, Oh, like there's bigger people. When in reality, you could have you could be getting ten million views a video, and there's people have not even heard of you. Do well, you know what I mean? People know that one normally when we meet them, and I say, "Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> well, that's what it. you mean? I'm not big. I'm not big shot YouTuber guy. I was hanging with Jake Paul last week. I'm like, and yeah, well, that's it. Like, it's so it's it's all bullshit, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it's like, like, the, none the, of it matters. The, the world that you boys live in with like the YouTube views and everything like that. That's the most. I tried to. I, I, I was chatting somebody the other day about it, and Paul Smith was the, the guy that I. Had an example with I was like Paul Smith. I've I've been around the streets with him loads, walking around, and he he had they ever get stopped. Walk around with Adam, get stopped every five minutes. That's crazy. Paul Smith sells out an arena for twenty thousand seats, twenty thousand people screaming your name, like love you. They've you know like the massive fans, two million views. He's seen the twenty thousand people. You've not seen two million. <laughs> yeah, nobody says that to me. Do you know like what like what a a, a mad. You know, like, yeah, my mate was like to me, he was like, you realise like you fill out the O2 arena every single time you put a video out and that's a bad video but for you. Never you. Meet but them. I never meet them. That's I never see up, them. It? Well, that, that part of like, you know, when people, when celebrities talk about how they're nervous before they go on stage and then they go on and it's like a release. I feel like a YouTuber doesn't get that. You're just kind of like, Ooh, 
and then yeah. you throw it out and then you just get a few comments and you're like did people like it did they not like there's not that like feedback from a crowd yeah because i guess as a musical artist the whole world can hate you but you can step out on stage and there's a room full of people who love you and that's nice you know, like, you, no, like even Machine Gun Kelly, people like him, don't they? For yeah, fuck's sake. yeah, yeah. Do you like Machine Gun Kelly? Um, the rapper slash rock person. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got no opinion on him really. <laughs> That's better than what, what I'm like, to get in this room. <laughs> I, 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 when, he, when he first started rapping about Cleveland back in the day, I thought he was pretty interesting. Um, back when he was doing his lace up thing. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. So I probably got a bit more of an opinion on it the most because I, I, I quite like rap music. So I thought back then, and then you know the whole like making Megan Fox wear a ring that hurts if she takes it off. That's a bit weird. Yeah, I didn't go quite as deep as that. It was more like, like the... Uh, Have you heard that? No. So the He's wedding... the biggest machine gun Kelly fan. He probably, didn't, he probably knew and didn't tell me. The like... engagement ring that he got her, if she takes it off, it hurts her. Like that's just... In what sense? Like it stabs her finger. Oh, like a barbed hook for fishing. Yeah, yeah, literally like... Fuck. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, like a, to be fair, Lindsay's probably takes it hurts when it comes off because it's like cheap as fuck. So it's <laughs> rusted and shit now. So she'd be like, ah, oh, I'm getting tetanus. Yeah, like, <laughs> a, like a Chinese finger trap, but a oh, right, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I mean, he, he leathers me every podcast because I like, I like Machine Gun Kelly. But he's a, he's a. He nearly furtively, uh, secretively made me go to a machine. I, I bought two tickets. If I had been there, I would have tombstoned. Jack mate said it. Jack mate said he was like the biggest asshole. He's yeah, ever that's met, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he must have met some assholes. Jack yeah, mate, you know, on that, yeah. you know, having the biggest podcast basically yeah. in the country. All right, last question. Certainly me. I'd probably include myself in that. Yeah, you would. You were in and out 40 minutes. Right, you've got what you need to let it be. <laughs> well, I don't think they particularly want to talk to me, did they? But anyway. Um, what's the end goal for you then as a, as a creator and investor? Like, that's why I want to know. Like, you know, you, we've already talked about the ladder and you, like, what, what, what's the end goal for you? From like, there's obviously looking after myself, looking after my family. But then the main thing is I would like to have a legacy where people say like he was the guy that got me investing, you know, like on a mass scale. I think there's like there's simple things that we could change where we could education around investing within schools that was relatable, um, even at a later date for people. Just the idea that there's a hundred thousand people out there that started investing because of me and like the impact that that will have generationally, that that's pretty cool. So, you know, that that's all I want really. If I was if I was gonna say big, big goal, I'd like to do like a Jamie Oliver, but for you know, invested. It's funny, you know, when you said that before, yeah. I'm like, fucking hell, is it like if you, you did like a Jamie totally Oliver? do that, man. Yeah, You're yeah. fucking built for TV. You look great. You hip <laughs> and stuff. You don't... Uh... My eyes are too far apart. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got to have a bit of character to their face, man. <laughs> bit of character. Yeah, you know, I'd like to... Uh, we all set lofty goals, but if I could reform the pension system, which is going to be impossible, you know, like I was talking about before, about the 5,000 at the start, we, yeah. we could solve the pension problem if we just there's a lot of smart people that, that know how to fix that problem. There's just no appetite politically because the, the other party would be like, they're stealing your pension. When in reality, if you sat people down and go like, we can fix a lot of issues if we move this around or just simpler getting them to teach people in a relatable way about finance and, and stuff and not making it like, why do people learn about Henry VIII and his wives when they don't learn about- Is it a conspiracy though? That's the question. There's an argument like battery in the system kind of thing. Yeah, you, know, yeah. You, you can't, but if everyone- elevated themselves and we're all on the same level again anyway aren't we you know True, so, yeah. but but just ensuring that people are set at retirement it's that should be like the main goal of a country surely so that we're not because a lot of the problems we have are because of the fact That's that steady then you, you don't want us to come across as socialists That's <laughs> a word around these days. yeah we, just, we, we can't be looking like we're politically slightly left oh my god <laughs> <laughs> we can't be seen to be reasonable people can we <laughs> <laughs> so everyone finds out being real real colour 
was on I don't the... give a fuck anymore. <laughs> I, I would like to think most people know where I am on the political spectrum. And it's not on the right side, let me say that. I mean, right, I don't mean right as in correct, I mean. Right. Yeah, anyway. And just to make it fun. Just so yeah. people go, you know what, actually investing in finances is all right. It's pretty fun. It's, it is for me. Lad, if I watch a video, right, on YouTube and I think this is actually good, then it's you're nailed on. I think you're going to do great. Mate, you're going to have one of those anytime soon. A two million plaque. But yeah, that's specific, specific two million plaque. Yeah. <laughs> I'm after one of these, mate. That's better lit as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did on purpose. I need to get the marker pen back out. At least the- you got the good 100,000 plaque, though. I didn't even, I got the shit one. Mm. I've still got it, though. Probably means more to me than the fucking uh, the million. You've ones. done all right, kid, haven't you? You've yeah, done all right. Uh, yeah. We would normally end the episodes on, on uh, a Fessel comments, but I feel like it's horrendously inappropriate after. And what comment? Fessel, yeah. you not seen Fessel on on Twitter? No. Oh, just don't tell him about it because his life will be better without knowing what it is. <laughs> George, you better, better call the video Fessel in this episode. Oh, no, come on! I feel like you've teed it up now. Okay. <laughs> you do you want it? it? Yeah, yeah. All right. Is it about me? No, no. All oh, right. right. Okay. right. So we, we need to explain what. Yeah. Go on, Fessel's this account on Twitter that Josh is obsessed with, right? <laughs> Where apparently it's people confessing their apparently it's real people confessing like their worst confessions, really, right? So okay. bad stuff they've done All anonymously. anonymously. But I, they're almost always sexual in nature, right? <laughs> or they're about something disgusting. And they're almost certainly none of them real. I was speaking about being the Jamie Oliver investor. <laughs> yeah. Now you're going to hit me with someone wanking on a train, aren't you? <laughs> that, that, that could be a vessel. That might be mine. I, I, <laughs> I think that rolled off the top of my head too quick, didn't it? <laughs> Suppress that one, didn't you? Get out of there. Roll the, roll the jingle, George. Okay. It's time for a vessel. Coming from you. I once cheated on my girlfriend on holiday. She slipped my phone out of my pocket, took a selfie of us kissing without me knowing and posted it to my Instagram. I woke up to hundreds of messages and missed calls from my then girlfriend and the lads telling me to delete the picture. That's pretty tame. That's tame, You got off like normally they're about bodily fluids and all sorts. So I reckon reckon that's true. That's believable, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I've got no sympathy for you, mate. (laughs) You just get caught out, won't you? Unlucky. Okay. You, you built that up to something that it wasn't, yeah. We've we probably should have saved the worst one for... We have got the worst one now. Oh, no, that's <laughs> more than one. Yeah, this All is right. definitely a Josh inclusion, this <laughs> one. Replace. <laughs> okay. Major milestone in life reached today. Having spaffed my man juice at least 300 times a year since I was a teenager, based on average 10, gra- 10 gram a shot, I have just equaled my own body weight in chase. I'm very proud, but got no one to share this achievement with. Well, we've shared it with you, mate. Congratulations. (laughs) I don't, but first of all, you shouldn't be measuring ejaculates in grams. It should be milliliters. Secondarily, (laughs) I don't believe that that is the average. I feel like you get a bucket, don't you, in your life? That's what I always worked on. (laughs) That were on Peter K. You only get a bucket in (laughs) half. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got. (laughs) You want to pierce yourself, Patrick? You only get a bucket in half. I That's all I got. <laughs> I think it's too, he's, he's using the, the average is too high. I don't think he's there's ten mil, t- t- ten grams there. No way. We should be sponsored by Fessel. We should. Buy. I don't think they make much money. <laughs> it's, if you if you've got Twitter, go to Twitter and follow yeah. it. You love a laugh. You, it's always good for a laugh. Well, honestly, mate. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you on. No, thanks. I hope it's not been too intolerable for you. No, to chat to us, Is there anything else you want to uh, bash, plug or whatever? Well, not not anything like uh, <laughs> uh, NordVPN or something, but like anything else that uh, we, we talked about the podcast, making money. 
No, I, I think, I, you know, I'm always, with the, if the content's good, people will find it. So, you know, I'd leave it at that. Game, man. Can you get more guests like this? <laughs> <laughs> Although you need to tell them what your Instagram is because you've got like a million bot accounts. Oh, you? well, they're all the same. They're all the, they're all Damien tax money or something. Are they, like yeah. They? Yeah, have you got people pretending to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Do you have the blue, blue mark, the check mark? No, they won't give it to me because, because I don't exist in the real world, basically. Like, it's like you have to have so many press articles about you and stuff like that. I don't that, even though. know. I got the one on Instagram, honestly. I just, I just gave it to me one day. And you can't get one on Twitter. You couldn't get one on Twitter. Know, look, like two and a half million followers. <laughs> Elon dropped in and like you can now pay for it. So that's, yeah, kind of, which, that's what's happening on Instagram now though. Yeah. They've got Meta verified. On, pay from on Insta as well. The, the you best, don't have to. They only pay Damien Talks Money on YouTube. That's that's where I do my thing. Damien like, Talks Money. And yeah. the Making Money podcast. Yeah. Mate, cheers no, for coming yeah, on. Man, it's been sick. I appreciate it. It's been really interesting. My pleasure. I like it. enjoyed the chat, guys. Give we'll me lots of, lots of fodder for Mrs. Beard. When I get home, I'll be like, listen, there's a real like, intelligent expert on today who says make a cheeky offer on the I'm definitely not an expert. Well, I'm just going to say that. We'll say that. <laughs> right. Cheers. Catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace.